Now, if any of you sons of bitches got anything else to say, now's the fucking time! Hey, everybody, Jim and Sam are here. It's time to celebrate the moment. Feel it in my soul. It's written in my bones so deeply. I wanna lose control. So turn it up a little more and laugh a little Welcome. Good morning. There's my energy, my pep. That's it? That is it. Finished it, huh? All done. Yes. Happy Monday. Uh, what? You know. Do you like the fall weather? I like it. 47 degrees. Um, irrita- I tell you why I knew it was cold. Because I there was a spider in the sink last night. And I saw it this morning, realizing it's porcelain. And the little dummy and his eight legs can't climb out. Oh, good. <laughs> So I uh, decided to uh, get a little tissue and put him outside. But it's freezing out, but it's like you got two choices. You're going to deal with the cold weather or you're going to get squished. Right. Or drowned if you're in the sink. Yeah, but I'm like, yeah, I'll give him a shot. He might die outside. It's a big jarring temperature difference. You're relaxing in the house. It's comfy. And then the next thing you know, you're fucking... Be a real bummer. I'm sure it sucks for him, but for spiders have the best PR. Whoever does uh, PR for spiders... Because, like, you don't kill them because they kill other... Every other bug gets stepped on, but people, like, don't fuck with spiders. Them and praying mantises probably the same publicist. Yeah, people like bats, too. They like bats, especially in Florida, because they eat the mosquitoes. Yes, anything that is seen as doing... I'm just yeah. thinking household pests, like the ones you see, right. like, at home, I have to deal with. She's like, kill it! I'm like, I'm not killing a spider. No one kills spiders. I kill spiders all the time. Do you really? All I, I leave them. I kill every single one I see. They're all home invaders, as far as I'm concerned. I don't mind them, though. Cause you, when you see a spider web and there's a bunch of little bugs in it, I'm like, okay, we're good. <laughs> you see a spider web that gets caught. Not my house. No, I kill the bugs and the spiders, and I clear out the webs. I don't let my yeah, house become a nature house. preserve. Yeah. No, good I, for you. That's your home. So. I That's kill my home. Um, home invaders. I don't accept any home invaders. I would kill uh, silverfish. Sometimes I even put those outside, but those are so disgusting. But they think it's a family reunion. Yes, they do. <laughs> They're really creepy. They are creepy. Silverfish are creepy. Nobody likes a silverfish. No, you got to kill silverfish. Yeah, I kill all of them. Every, every any home invader, any insect, insect, any whatever. You kill. I don't kill spiders. I don't like. Kill, I don't yeah, kill you anything. Them, paper towel. Boom. I try not to. Um, I, I literally hate when I have to kill a bug. But I will. I will if if, if, he, if he's getting away. You don't hate it that much. I seen you kill bugs with your fist. Mm-hmm. The yeah, roaches you are different. You punch <laughs> bugs to roaches death. Roaches are different. I, I literally, it's, I incorporate them into my workout. Yeah, I mean that's an intimate way to kill something. <laughs> At least if you're stomping, you're a little bit disconnected. Your shoes on yeah. is far away from it. your. No, yeah, yeah. Punching an insect to death is 
personal. It's personal. There's yeah. emotions at play. Yeah. yeah, this time it's personal. It's a, it's a tag for the fucking Roach Kill movie. You're like Cobretti of roaches. Yeah. Uh, so good to get a toothpick. <laughs> Sunglasses while he's in the dark store. Guy really knew what he was doing. Yeah, I mean, if you had a snake in your house, you'd have to get rid of it. Because That's different, though. Yeah. Even though it kills mice. Yeah, there are practical reasons for all bugs. I mean, I could leave a hornet because it pollinates or any, I, I do or whatever they do. But I don't fucking the ones who spiders the only one I give that leeway to and leave them alone unless because there in might the actually sink. be some bugs in the house. It actually does make sense, and they do eat other bugs. Like they and they ha, and they trap bugs walking by. So I can see if I want to check but up there's... on a spider web, I can see what's he doing up there. And you'll leave it? No, not if it's big. If it's if it's a teeny one in the corner, I'll leave it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Sure. It's a fucking bug catching operation. But they're scary. Not really. Spiders? You never seen that movie Arachnophobia starring John Goodman? I don't love I don't love spiders, but I don't I don't care that much about them. They don't really freak me out. Oh no. They don't freak me out. Yeah, no, I I, I can't I can't have plus the, they say that they like what if they crawl on you while you sleep? Yeah, it would suck, but any bug can crawl. I'd rather have a spider than a roach. As long as it's not one of those fucking... Spiders kill roaches? No, they're probably... They're in cahoots. Roaches are, yeah, they're in cahoots. Unless it's a brown recluse, it's going to poison you. Yeah, I would hope there's no brown recluses in your apartment. Yeah, you and me both. That'd be a wild thing if there's a brown recluse in the in a Manhattan penthouse. Yeah, it would suck. That would be news. I haven't even seen... I have those two, a couple little roach traps out, uh -huh. and Knockwood, I have not seen one, but the again... Sticky ones? I, no, it's one of the ones where they take it and go back. Yeah. Like a little thick... Uh, yeah, it's a little treat for you. Oh, fuck off. Haha, -ha, gotcha. So maybe someone has come in and died, but I haven't seen any, so maybe... Uh, it really is an infrequent occurrence. Right. Luckily. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. It should be. My fucking... And I, and I won't, I, I, my living room is kiss posters all over it, on the floor. It's just true mental illness. I'm down the rabbit hole. <laughs> Can you take a picture for us tomorrow? I would like to see. I want to see what, what it looks like. Are you organizing? Uh, yeah, but I bought these uh, uh, these folders and I'm flattening. Good. So you have to flatten the rolled ones. But once oh, you have so them in you're... a giant folder, it's hard to find a place for this giant book, but at least they're out of the, at least they're not. You want to put it like under the bed or anything? I, I will if I have to. Yeah. I'm looking. If I I'm, have to. I'm, That's no, a I'm, no. That's a big no. No, I have to. I'm currently looking for storage and stuff like that. It's because it's, it's big. What do you mean? Like, are you going to get like a storage unit? No, 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 not a unit. Just a little something, a box or something for oh. the house. Hey, just lie flat under the bed. Under the bed, yeah. and I spent three hours on a fucking, uh, on a on a, on a live auction last night. I've never done that. Oh no! But I'm writing. So I, when I'm writing. But you said you're not that good at multitasking, right? Or you need no. When I write, like, like I'm actually trying to write, like for real, like, and whenever I do that, like the first two books, I, I was like, I like to be a little distracted and mm. then come back, and then a little distracted and then come back. So it's so it's almost like a weird, like I have to, you're like you know, the shotgun, you go. Tch, tch. Mm -hmm. That's what kind of glancing away is for a few minutes. Yeah, I just it's like, tch, tch, and then I come back, and I I just feel like okay, I'm. And I, and I, but when I have the pressure of okay, right, I don't do it. Turn into Jack from The Shining. I do, but I don't write anything that interesting. Right, that's the problem. <laughs> what I write is even more redundant. <laughs> <laughs> slip in a puddle, slip in a puddle, slip in a puddle. Slip I don't in even a finish it. <laughs> so yeah, it helps a lot. So for three hours, I watched some guy and his wife bought a couple of posters. It was fun, actually. I don't mind those live auctions. That's how I won. My, I, that's how I got my Mick Foley shirt. It was a live Mick Foley auction on Facebook. I've never done one. He was like, they were like, yeah, and the winning bid. 
Sam Roberts with the winning bid. And I'll never forget Mick like going Sam Sam Roberts? Sam Roberts? And the guy was like, Yeah, I guess so. It was it was actually Mick. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it was Mick Foley and this this like wrestling auction guy and Mick was like, like Sam Roberts? Sam Roberts? And the guy was like, Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's I guess he wanted your shirt. Yeah. And you feel good because like Mick knows your name and you also feel like a dick because you're like buying something from a guy you know. That's true, but also probably Mick knowing Mick likes me even more because he likes money. That's a good point. Right? The idea that I would buy something from him, he's probably like, Oh, Sam's Sam's an awesome dude. Yeah, he's he putting gave money. me money. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually requesting a picture of the living room floor. Yeah, hold on. Of I mean I'm lucky that I have space you in are. my abode because I mean I go through reorganizations constantly you when do, you're right? going to all the time and you, it just ends up being piles and piles and piles of shit while you're doing it but I couldn't get away with doing that in the living room no I have to to flatten them like you have to take yeah, like whiteboard and flatten them with like I, I ordered some more weights for that for that oh good but once it once that it's way done, you can do multiple posters at once once it's done it's done I, I just, I'm only gonna have to do the first thing once and then once you have a system down and it's done, if you ever order another one, you just do that one and you're finished. You're developing a system? I mean, I kind of do like it. The system? Yeah, it's fun. It's like, it's like... It's I, a ritual. It's ritualistic. It's a little OCD. Yeah, sure. It fine. is. And I just, I almost bought it online recently, but I, I talked to some guy and it looks like they're bootlegs. So you got to be careful bootlegs like anything else. You sure. Know, you don't know if you're buying fake bullshit. Right. Especially if you're like looking for mint condition stuff, the bootlegs are going to be... Yeah. Or it could be an old bootleg, too. Maybe somebody got a bootleg way back in the day. I asked them, like, I'll write to, to sellers and go, hey, I just wanted to make sure this is from whatever. And I've actually had one go, oh, no, no, it's from, and it was it turned out it was a reprint. Right. But if they're like, I'm not sure we've had it for a while, I don't buy it. Right. Because you know, like, anybody who really knows what they're doing that has a poster that's worth that much money would know. I was or watching, any item that worth much money. I was watching a Pawn Stars, and the guy had something from, uh, like, the, the Renaissance era, a sketch from the renaissance era and he was like yeah you know i'm looking for thousands and thousands of dollars we've had this in the family for 150 years is how long we've had it and then obviously it came from way before that because the renaissance era is a long time ago sure and the guy at pawn stars you know that you know how that show is the guy's like i mean luckily i've got an yeah i think this is the one he's like luckily i've got an expert because if this is real this could be worth, you know, ninety thousand dollars, a hundred thousand really? dollars, maybe a lot more. And then the guy brought it to the expert, and the expert was like, "Ah, oh, yes, yes." He's looking at it, and the guy's like licking his chops. He thinks he's going to change his life. He's going to get a new house. And the guy's like, "Well, this is. You're right. You have had this in your family for, you know, it, it would make sense. One hundred twenty, one hundred fifty years. But uh, as it turns out, that's actually when it was produced. It's a print." from the sketch so it's a very nice piece and it certainly is old but it's not an original and they were like so how much would you say it was worth this guy was like anywhere from 90 to 150 dollars oh. <laughs> and the guy was like well uh that's oh. all right i'm gonna i'm gonna put it back on my wall because it is a beautiful piece of art Oh. And at least we know where it came from. At least we know the origin. Can't they just be disappointed? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Piece of shit. What? Exactly. Keep it. What the fuck? Keep it, fucker. <laughs> I mean, just... Because then they got to go home. They got to tell their family, no, nah, it's worthless. 
It's a hundred dollars. Yeah, probably man. probably thinking about leaving it to his kid or something. Well, you think you have this nest egg that right. turns out to be a fucking plate of crushed glass. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? How about you just react normally? Yeah, please do. <laughs> because because it was traveling through generations of that family. Going like, no, our family has had this. This will be yours someday. Right. I don't want it. It's worthless. Fucking piece of shit. Right. Yeah, I'd be very angry. It's a really disappointing. You can't trust anything. Anything you think is vintage, anything you think... You gotta be an expert. You have to be an expert, or I actually... Again, there was one, one of the groups, there's a guy who's considered the group expert on poster. Oh, I nice. fucking... He was helping me. You he, went to the group expert? I did, yeah. I'm like, this is, is this a friendship club? He sent me a uh, a little bit of... Uh, a little bit of uh, help and a little photo matching up. He goes, nah, it's too far to the left here. And I was like, geez, this guy notices everything. But he was right. Because he, he, that's why he's the group expert. 100%. Thrill house. 100%. Yeah. I'm trying to get a picture for you. But it was I'll fun. Get, on the living room floor. That was what I did last night. Yeah, I spent three hours writing. Did your significant other help you with the uh, process? Or was this just a you process? Oh, this well? is me. I know, and I don't, I don't want help because I'm writing. Like, I'm in the office by myself. Oh. Like, just uh, write for a few minutes. And then as soon as I'm poster done, time. I'm done. What's that? Then poster time. For a minute, but it's there. You're just It's all right in front of you. Mm. And it reminds me of being at the comedy cellar because you'd have all this distraction. I used to be off to the side in the corner. Except it used to be you and the geniuses of comedy throwing one-liners at each other. And now it's you flattening kiss posters in the living room. I mean, so but... It's there, not exactly the same. It's probably a little different, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but there is uh, there is a ritual to it. You're right. You go out, you yep. take the things off, you put it in the thing, you put the books on top to flatten it once it's in the thing, and then you come back in and you write for a few minutes. Oh, yeah, they got the fucking... Uh, they got the cube jumbo. All right, yeah, I'll bit on that. And then you write a little bit, and then oh, you go smart. back outside, you get a fucking decaf, and you... It's oh, just so you were three-peating. You were going through auctions. You were doing the live auction, poster flattening, and writing. Oh yeah, 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 nice. and also and also hunting on uh, eBay again. It's just all I don't know what it is. It's just a thing. We all do these things. Maybe it's what happens. With, but I'm also like, what are you collecting them for, idiot? You're 55. How much time do you think you have left? It's fun. Well, 55 so. is don't not. Don't worry about what it's for. Plus, I mean, 55 is is middle age. Yeah. I mean, you might be also. Stuck do you enjoy here. it? Right. I I do, but I also is it harming you financially? I'm spending more than I should. No, but you're but fine. Are, are you worried that you're not going to be able to pay the bills next month? We didn't. We didn't have food, and she was hungry. <laughs> and I pointed at the Kiss Destroyer tour poster. <laughs> I said, "You don't need to eat, bitch." Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, dude, as silly as this is, it's it's kind of healthy. It's compared definitely to like other things you've done, especially because yeah, I guess not so. exactly dipping into the kids' college fund. Yeah. No, that's like, a what good else point. are you doing? Do you want to get buried with your money? Like, who cares? yes, <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> like, what do you? I mean, what difference does it make? I guess not. It's, it's, it's like you have a, you have a hobby. That's all. You have a hobby. Plus, you're gonna have plenty of time to enjoy them. You're probably gonna be stuck here for another forty years on this dumb planet. Maybe. So you might as well have some kiss posters. Maybe, yeah. But it's like, I, I what need, are you making uh, your money for? If not to have your the kiss posters you would have loved as a child. Yeah, maybe. You should get like uh, a flat file coffee table where you can nice. show one of the posters while it's being stored. She would love that. I, I, I uh, no, we're we're going through furniture now and pr and making a whole bunch of furniture purchases. But I think I'm gonna have to break it to her that I need to buy some kind of flat poster storage for the living room yeah you gotta get a flat file and you might as well make it a coffee table so you can see one of them might as well while you're enjoying it but it has to be something that can be concealed and looked better 
Ooh. Yeah, see something like this kind of. Where you like put the poster. One inside. of the posters. Can uh, be no, I, that, that, that destroyers. That's first of all, it's ugly. Second of well, all, that won't, they it won't make fly. many different. Kinds. It, won't it won't fly. fly. No, nah, that won't happen. The only just put it in and see if she notices. The only issue with buying all the posters is you can't say no to her buying stuff. I I understand when that when you're buying stuff, it's like you know, yeah. When when you are publicly spending frivolously, yeah. That means that she also has the right to spend fr spend frivolously, and the fucking Scully and Scully uh, brochure comes. Her Majesty likes to look at that shit. What's Scully and Scully? I thought uh, it was Mulder and Scully. No, it's unfortunately it's not. I prefer X Files oh. furniture to what she wants. It's Scully and Scully. It's uh, it's I all. Hope this you're getting a Scully for all this. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> it's all old lady. Yesterday we had oh, to look at the fuck. <laughs> Yesterday it was the t it was the tea trolley. She brings in. Scroll down a little bit. See if the tea trolley is there. Is that? This is an old woman, nineteen <laughs> 1970s aesthetic. Scroll down a little bit, a little more. The fuck is this? Shit? Oh. I trust me. That's exactly it. Where's the tea trolley? Keep going. There it is. Top left. There's the Regency no, tea. Not a Regency Ew. tea trolley. The bar trolley. Whoa! What? I wouldn't worry about any money you're spending on kiss posts. You bet. As a matter of fact, how much is it? Twenty four. We're not getting it. I mean, we're not getting it. But this is what she was looking at. You should get it. It's classy. It's a fucking awesome. Awful. And she's like, we could put it. And she named three places. I'm like, how about on the terrace being rolled off? It's not. We're not getting a bar trolley. Yeah, for all the drinking you guys do. She drinks with a friend once in a while. But I'm like, what do you have? Someone? I'm gonna have that hunk of shit sitting around. Just the one time you and your drunk friend want to sit there and get loaded. Exactly. Just looking at that trolley, thinking about all the parties that you don't throw. Absolutely. <laughs> all the friends I don't have over. Yeah. You're on record as hating parties. This is I hate party. parties. That's a device of fun, and yeah. you do not like fun. I do like fun. I just redefine it. That's I don't. True. But that that dumb trolley. I told it's an absolute no. That's was, a hard pass. That's a non-starter. It was a definitive no. Oof. That's She's a, gonna make you pay for it in other ways. But that's the that's what I put up with is that Scully and Scully furniture <laughs> that she wants to get. That fucking that awful. It's like the shit Voss likes. Right. Voss would like Scully and Scully. Yeah, he would. Except he'd go to the thrift store version. Voss's stuff is cheap. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Scully and Scully is at least quality, clearly. I mean, $2,500 for a bar cart. It's just not. I mean, we're not getting it, obviously, but she was like, oh. Voss has spent $80. Yeah. Dollars. This stuff sucks. It sucks. It's horrible. <laughs> if you like that kind of stuff, this is the top of the line place to go to. Oh, but I don't like that kind of stuff. I can't wait till those little animals are in your house. Bronze birds are in your house. <sighs> I have, I'm going to have to make some concessions. You will. You will. 100%. You know, I can't I can't be buying a replica Chucky doll. And then when my wife says that she wants this bag for her birthday, I go, yeah, no, that's too expensive. I mean, there's a Chucky doll downstairs. What are you doing? I, I know. And I've also caught myself complaining. What did she buy recently? It was just some clothes. She keeps ordering clothes. And I'm like, you know, it's all, and then I'm like, look what you're... You're live auction on Kiss Post. I understand, yeah. Can't. No, can't complain. So, they, I mean, that's the tax. You have to realize that whatever you're spending on Kiss, it's got to be double. Yeah. Pretty much. Like, it's got to be, and sometimes more, because, you know, her argument would be that the Kiss stuff is dumb. I don't think it's dumb. Her argument would be that it's dumb, and apparently Scully and Scully isn't. Anything collectible is dumb, though. It really is. I wish I didn't care about it at all. I mean, again, I'm glad I'm not doing watches, because as compulsive as I am, I'd spend too much money. Oh, it'd be great if you started buying multiple, like... What do you, no, they're an investment. No. They're an, an investment. I don't sell stuff. I keep it. Yeah, that's the thing. You, I'm against people that are collecting 
specifically and saying no, it's an investment because then you're 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 going down the wrong road. Yeah. You're in it for the wrong reasons, and you're going to go broke. I'm 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 fucking take a shit in a bag and throw it on the top of the steps type hoarding. Sure, like just crazy you're right saver. You're right there. You know, fast forward forty years. I, I'm an ex comedian. I got roaches all over my posters. There's spider webs on them, but they're framed. So Fecal okay. matter. Yeah. yeah. No, I let the spider webs <laughs> stay on them, so it catches the yeah, bugs. It catches the dust. <laughs> yeah. No, the spiders live with me. Yeah, there's a mental illness to it. It's it's a craziness. It's not as bad as it could be, but. Just have fun, dude. Don't worry. About it. I guess you need to. It's analyze just fun. Everything. It's, it's crazy and and mental. If it like, it's metal. It, it's metal. <laughs> if it starts like affecting your life and and like Bro. getting in the way of like, but it's not. You're just having Travis a good is, time. Travis is sleeping in cars with men's to get post-it sized artwork. Uh, it, it ain't, yeah, no, it ain't have, no thing, and it ain't yeah. no thing. Yeah, let me justify my own stuff. Exactly. Yeah. He's, He's leaving his family. He's leaving his family for yeah. a week. To, for a week to sleep in a car. With a film writer, or a, I'm sorry, a film reviewer, so they can buy post-it-sized art before anybody else can buy the post-it-sized art, and it's like it's cool. cartoons of movies. When are you doing that again? March. <laughs> Have you done it once or twice? Once. He just announced his next show. And where is it? L.A. Oh, but again, yeah, I'll be off for a few days, guys. Do you have ones that you He's want? He's taking time off. Oh, work. I have a whole list. Yeah, I, I, I know. But you know, you won't get all of them. No, no, no. You can only get two. Oh, so you make the list. See, that's that's what that type of collecting. You just gotta make a decision and go. This is what I want, and hope I can get it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got it. Well, you make a list. Make a list of like, oh, this is my top one. If but you this make is your, available yeah. when it's my turn. These are the ones that I want. Like, you make your top fifteen, and then right. whatever they have left that's closest to the top of the list, that's what you get. Right. Have there been any that you wanted that you didn't get? Like originals? Yeah. Well, sure, but I've only been. I, I only went to his last show. Like, I didn't go to his previous shows and stuff like that. But he also makes prints of almost every painting. So, like, I buy. I have more prints than I'll ever be able to. Oh, you buy the prints too? Yeah, yeah. Fifteen bucks? Like, why not? Oh, okay. Yeah. How much is the original? Like three hundred? Uh, no, like four fifty. They'll probably be a little more this time. They're small. Yeah, they're four by four. It's not like Gallery nineteen eighty five, is it? Eighty eight. Eighty eight. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, I've been I mean, that's where I got like I've I've bought multiple. I think I have three I have at least three, maybe four acrylic on velvet paintings of wrestlers yeah, from shows nice. they did yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I I would called Gallery eighty eight? Yeah, it's an art gallery that does like pop art. But yeah, there's a guy who like all he does is velvet paintings like of pop culture characters they've done two or three shows where it's been all bruce white uh, bruce white he's great where it's been all wrestling stuff and yeah i bought i, I bought multiples and i bought the originals they're very expensive how much are they they're like those yeah those the big ones are like 800 dollars yeah. or something like that the yeah. smaller ones were like four or six or something. you buy big ones i bought i think i think i have two big ones hulk ones no i didn't buy the hulk one rock I bought The Rock and it felt real good because I found out that uh, The Rock's right-hand man from Seven Bucks went into the gallery and asked them to buy The Rock painting. And I had already, I know the guy, so I had already put my, I had already, like before the gallery opened, I said, nope, The Rock, that one's mine. And they went in to get it for the Seven Bucks office. And they were like, no, it's been sold. I'm sorry. It's funny, The Rock couldn't even get it? No. I got it early. Not if you don't ask first, yeah. Well, I mean, if you could have offered him more money. It's already been sold. Yeah, it was sold already. So what? You can't unsell <laughs> you it. Can't. That's not how business works. <laughs> no, but if you sell it already, did, had you given him the money? He could have just given you the money back and went, sorry, my mistake. 
that's that's, that's how you uh, destroy your reputation as yeah. a gallery. But if you like go, things can be held before a sale. If you go, it's totally normal. If you go and buy something, go like, okay, yeah, deal done. <laughs> and then your reputation as a gallery is, they sell it to you, but unless they have cash in hand, they're just going to give it to the next highest bidder. Price tags don't matter on these things. It's not. No, but it's only a one-time thing. It is the rock, and that never happens. So it's be like, in Los well, Angeles. Right, so right. It would he, happen. He would say, look, oh, we made a mistake. It had already been promised to somebody. I didn't realize it, and I should. It was, I'm terribly sorry. We'll give you a discount on another one. No. There's a way say, to do it. I would say don't start a gallery. No. I'm just telling. That's how I handle it. The Rock wants something. I got. He's getting it. Yeah, yeah. Your that's probably that's zero stars. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a a, a very short sh- short vision. You probably make an extra few hundred bucks, and then wonder why. Maybe, but again, how many? It's all, repu- it's all reputation. It is. But all how you m- need to do is do it once. And then people are like, well, I don't trust this gallery. Yeah. But if everyone else has good experiences, most people won't let one bad review, especially if there's a mistake. If they say it was a mistake, they say, look, we, we just made a mistake. We, we apologize. And then they find out they're lying about the mistake. That Now they've made two mistakes. Well, if they find out, yeah, how, who would know? There's no way to tell. They would find out. No, that's not. Then why wouldn't they do it? Fucking... This is ridiculous. This isn't how galleries function. Maybe they like the idea of saying no, too. But that's what I would do if I was a gallery. Would they... Your picture would have been sold to the rock. There's a price tag on it, and yeah. then they go, if you want to buy this, <laughs> yep. then you go, yes, and you buy it. It's like how business works, you know? Sure, sure, 100%. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I'm just saying, like, for instance, if I... But it wasn't like... And I probably it, it, it already It wasn't had. like the rocks guy came in, like, five minutes later and was like, I want that. It was like, it was... Name your price! <laughs> yeah, it was way after. <laughs> like, no, it's, sorry, it's sold. I'll buy the entire <laughs> gallery then! <laughs> yeah, he said he, the, the Rocks guy should have said, all right, look. And I probably did pay for it already. Yeah, of course you did. You have to. Yeah. I give the I'm money sure back. I did. Give you the money back. You're so, a sir, horrible business. Sir, there's been a horrible mistake. <laughs> we we had the painting sold to you. I didn't realize that it, someone else at the gallery had promised it to someone else and had already taken payment for it. And it's a, it's a horrible mistake on our part. I love this coming from the guy who, if he were the customer, would write a letter oh, oh, oh about my <laughs> predictable corporate rigidity. I'm not saying it's right. <laughs> I'm only saying that's what I would do if I was the gallery owner and the Rock wanted it for his office. Yeah, I would have sided I with would, the Rock. Again, suggest you don't open a gallery <laughs> because more people would see it in the Rock's office, wrestlers, and they'd go, "Oh, where'd you get that?" And he goes, "This guy sells it right off from other people." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, I would suggest. That you just probably... I don't want to run a gallery. I'm just saying if I did... as a buyer. And The Rock wants anything, welcome. Right. It's yours. Right. Yeah. Especially in Los Angeles, again, where you would have Hollywood clientele going in. So yes. people find out that, oh, they just sell out from under people if any celebrity walks in. The, the celebrities would like you. That's what you want. So what would happen is they'd be like, look, if you see anything, don't worry about it. If some nothing bought it, <laughs> if you got movie credits, right. you get... But a lot of times that's that's figured out before the show right like there have been plenty of things that have you know that that rock sold before that rock was purchased before that show opened. see you guys nobody had here's, a shot. The, here's the thing nobody you, had a shot you guys look at it from the point of view of the guy who kind of comes in and hopes to get it i'm seeing it from the celebrity point of view well Sam just mentioned that he bought it before the show i did buy it before the show opened. <laughs> but right it's but fair but the reason that you see it from that point of view is because that's your perspective the celebrity perspective. as a celebrity <laughs> like we the problem is we're at an impasse here because yes we can't relate to you 
but you can't relate to us. I'm I mean, seeing it from the perspective of a guy who sleeps in a car with another man for three yeah. nights. Right, where Jim is seeing it from his perspective on the Hollywood Hills. I mean, I've <laughs> yeah. been where you're at. You've never been <laughs> that's right. where I am. And probably never. <laughs> no, been. that's... You've that's never good, seen from the top of the mountain. I can only hope to understand. That's a good... We are, if anyone has a close perspective here. A lot of pressure comes with it. People don't realize that. A lot I think. of expectations. I think people don't realize. Sure. <laughs> no, that's right. And the perks are kind of necessary just to keep you, keep me producing, to keep you whole. Yeah. No, I get that. I get that because without celebrities, what do us little people have? I mean, you you joke, but <laughs> <laughs> by the all right, um, let me ask you a question, a serious question. Okay. Who do you find more offensive? Okay. Who's annoying? Hamas or Jada Pinkett? <laughs> <Did> we <laughs> see? I, I think <laughs> who sucks more? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I think at least spilling the beans. At least you can trace back to Hamas how they got to this point. The, exactly. At least there's a, a linear progression yes. down the toilet. Like they're fighting for something, whether you agree with it or not. Right. Like I don't necessarily agree with it, but they are principled in their own way jada pinkett i cannot figure out <sighs> although will uh shine some light on that didn't yeah, he? he didn't seem uh, to have a problem no he didn't and again that's why i kind of think that she's emotional blindness yeah can they stop using these dumb phrases they love phrases we're in deep healing there was emotional like why are we being subjected to this they love phrasing God almighty. They're just trying to they're both just trying to say the most poetic right thing possible. You know what Will Smith just a couple that fucking broke up. Yeah, her, his statement should be I wish she would shut the fuck up. Do we I talk, wish she would stop talking. Did we talk about this last week about her saying on uh, Thursday oh, we did, okay. when it first broke? Like we talked about the separation. Oh, okay. I probably when, did the Hamas joke then. Sorry. We I did. don't think you did. No. Okay. Because it was just starting. Um I find it just irritating. I don't care about their marriage at all. No. Who gives a fuck? No, it is irritating. And very people really care, though. But who can... I find her to be very, very unlikable. Yes. And I find I him know. to be irritating, too. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty awful. It's this fake, we're a couple of enlightenment... Yes. It's wa it's fun watching people going down the toilet trying to enlighten on their way down. Like, I'm not interested in your enlightenment. What happened? You know what? We were married. It was great. Things fell apart. All right, cool. It happens to all of us. No, but they Sorry like, to hear it. They like the buzzwords that define. This is this is emotional blindness. This is the... Like, I mean, from the beginning. Remember? Jada Pinkett didn't have an affair. There was an entanglement. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Emotional blindness. There's an emotional blindness. I read what Will Smith said. He said, when you're with somebody for so long, there's an emotional blindness. Guess what? That's not true. I've been with my wife for a very long time. I would not say things that, like, just publicly humiliated her in, in irreputable... Other than admitting you're married to her. Sure. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the idea that you're like no when you're with somebody for that long you stop caring about them is not true 
and we've what all, are you talking about? We've all had them fall apart. I've had them fall apart. That's a different thing. I've fucked up. The yes. woman's fucked up. Yes. And if you want to say, hey, we were married and we fu- it fucked, it, it went down the toilet. But stop trying to be poetic. That's what's annoying. Not the breakup. I don't care if he fucking, what he does sexually. I don't give a shit. Right. None of it's my business. And I don't, I'm not bothered by any of it. But just stop trying to sound like you're both therapists. Stop trying to use new age mm-hmm. Lingo to sound like you're totally emotionally in control of the situation. Like, you know, stop looking at people and go, my God, they're an enlightened couple. Nobody's doing that anymore. It's like when Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin were oh. uncoupling. No, a you conscious, broke up. conscious uncoupling. You fucking broke up. It happens. Look, it's- I hate co-parenting. I know that that's what it is. I just hate that word. Co-parenting. Just another fancy fucking... I'm okay with co-parenting. Ah, it just annoys me. I mean, that, I guess it's the only one you can use, but... That means that you're both parenting and getting along. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. we co-parent, we're good. Like, that's... Yeah, that's, that's fine. Yeah, I think that's a way of saying, like, if this kid wasn't around, we would never speak. But we co-parent, and we're not fighting. Well, they're just parenting, then. No, because parenting is when two people are in the same house. I don't know about that, maybe. I mean, co-parenting helps. Co-parenting it. suggests that, yeah, yeah you guys are living in separate houses, I, but it, you're still both equally involved in the decision. I, I guess yes. so. It still annoys me. Even though you're probably right, that it, the words, the term irritates me. Not as bad as emotional blindness. Yes. When you're making up well, terms. garbage words. It's garbage words. She must have Word known. salad. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's word vomit. When you're... Because they they make up these terms. Conscious uncoupling. Nobody's ever said that's not a thing. Like these aren't things. These are because because they they instead of just going, hey, we fucked up. Hey, this fell apart. Hey, this is happening. We broke up. Yeah, every breakup is conscious. But yeah, yeah, if it's a if it's a if it's a fake psychology term, now we're looking at it from a a a humanity perspective. Not an us perspective. Not a this couple failed. It's no this this human uh, term that refers to what we all go through. This isn't a we. This is you. This yeah. is happening to you. Yeah, you failed as a couple. You failed. Your, your marriage failed. It's okay. It's okay. It happens all the time. Yeah. I've had most relationships, except this one, have failed in my life. And is that because of some larger human concept? No. Or is that because of human garbage? It's because of, of, of one part of the relationship, like throwing cum into a lot of different places. <laughs> and the other part of the relationship didn't care for that. <laughs> it's funny. You can always boil it down to something similar. Just stop pretending it's something that it's not. It's annoying and it's not. And everyone knows it's, it's bullshit. Yeah. She must, again, the way he keeps going her, like, like Jade is this great thing. Uh, there's things that she probably knows about him. And again, I don't think he's worried she's going to blab. But I think he knows she's taking the bullet a little bit. She's probably nicer than I think she is. She's probably taking the bullet on certain things and, and like protecting him from certain things. Well, she makes him pay. I didn't like the answer she gave when they asked if he was gay. I would say that's not true. How about just no? If it's you, not true. Wouldn't you know? Just say no. Wouldn't you know? I don't care if he's gay or not. It's nobody's business. Who gives a fuck. I would say... What are you talking about? But it's all that language. It's, it's all that, that fucking extra words and link. Well, I would say, is he gay? No, he's not. Yeah, because you're never saying anything. Like, people add extra words so contextually they can wiggle out of anything. Right? You never know if they're telling the truth or lying. Because Well, you said, no. Yeah. I said I would say. You're, you're expanding the corridor you walk down so you have more wiggle room. But it, right. it's unnecessary. Did this you get here on time today? I would say that 
once I got there, is the yeah. show kind of began. Well, I was on my. I was going to be there, but I there's always some. There's always some little thing. It's just I, I just find them extremely unlikable. I, w- I was conscious. I had a, a, a conscious start time. Ugh, the worst seven. So all that fucking shit he did, and they didn't live together as husband and wife. That does make him even a bigger douchebag than I thought he was. Plus, it's so strange. That with all the shittiness that was happening with people going there in an open relationship, there was an entanglement, there was this. They were lying because they were, they were we weren't even together. Like, what was all that about? Yeah. That wasn't seven years ago. And their kids were lying. And the kids are lying. The whole family. What are we doing? It's presenting this. It's performative. I, I literally think they are further away from their public image than OJ was. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying that Brentwood OJ is closer to Naked Gun OJ than real life Will and Jada are That's right. to the Red Table conversation. I, I just, her spilling her guts trying to be meaningful. Uh, I don't know why I find it un, uh, very annoying. There's something fake about it. At least that's how I feel. But also, why? The truth about their shit. Who, who cares about the kids are happy that the truth about their marriage. Like, I understand in Hollywood, though. <sighs> You, they're presenting a united front, and again, maybe some of that was so Will could engage in certain things he liked. I don't maybe. know. I, I just you hear rumors. Then I would be- say none of that is true. Are you saying none of that is true? Or are you saying that you would? I s- would say. But are you? Do we see say, her answer on that? I'm looking for it. Okay. And again, it's not about I care about the answer because I truly I don't. I, if if he, if literally if he got arrested with a dick in his mouth and then the next day started a movie, I'd go. I don't give a shit. Who cares? Who cares? But the, it's not relevant to anything. The way it's being addressed is what's so like, what are you doing? I don't know why he'd get arrested with a dick in his mouth unless he was really a bad at hearing the cops coming. Who? <laughs> 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 you imagine you're a cop and you and you go, you have to put cuffs on Will Smith and he won't pull the dick out of his mouth. <laughs> uh, sir, would you? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> and that Will Smith sound? Mm-mm. You know Will Smith talks. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't even feel bad for him. I mean, they, they in Hollywood. They again it, being bullshit in Hollywood is not crazy. So presenting a, fr- a united front, whatever. But you're not supposed to be so clearly bullshit. I mean, like it. It, it almost feels like one of those, like Christy McNichol. <laughs> was gay and she would date gay guys and they would kind of cover for each other and I don't think so is there any of that going on like where, where they're kind of one is covering for the other like yeah know. we'll pretend we're married and Jada keeps talking about how much she loves Tupac no no I don't think she is oh what would she be covering for for him uh, yeah but one of the biggest again the, one of the biggest A-list I stars could, in Hollywood and he's just and maybe she just benefits from being connected with that yeah and then she's mentioning now what a blabbermouth that chris asked her out when they first thought they were getting divorced but to me that just made chris seem like a good guy chris who chris rock oh because she's years ago he called her they were getting divorced and said like to take her out and she goes no it's just a rumor we're not and she said he apologized profusely yeah why bring that up like who cares like let it go and then he apologized to her during the oscars thing he goes hey yeah, that I wasn't that. trying and then will got mad that he was t- will's just well, she threw Will under the bus hard. Completely. Completely. He just snapped. It's all this shit. Whatever it is, whatever is that fucking linchpin that got pulled, if that's the right way to... Yeah. We'll figure it out. Something got pulled out, and the whole thing collapsed in his fucking brain. Well, regardless of any rumors, clearly they had been living a lie. Yeah. 
and they've been really publicly living a lie. Like they decided to make their public lives or, or their private lives very, very public. That's true. And then they lied about it. And then everybody had opinions about the public life or the private life that they were lying about that they put in public. Well, didn't the guy she used to fuck come out and say something? August. Isn't that how I wish I, I, unless I'm wrong, I hated him for it. Like, why would you say that? Like, why would you, I don't know, come out and just for what? Why do you need to say that? I don't know. Unless there's more to it. We shouldn't know this much about them. Yeah, unless I'm saying unless somebody caught, caught caught them and then was going to say something and he was getting ahead of it. Yeah, like unless it was some I paparazzi mean, in general, caught them. Like with the two of these, just talking about their bullshit. We shouldn't. I mean, just or, or just or just talk about it. Like if you're going to say it, just say it. Like, but don't keep trying to don't keep trying to control our reaction by right. being brilliant and like magnanimous and this this. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say that. I was emotionally blind. You're not teaching a class. Yeah, stop trying to sound like you're uh, you're you're completely comfortable with all this. It sucks, and it's weird that you're talking about it. It's weird that they're talking about it the way they are. There's couples that break up. I mean, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard were at least entertaining, and you got to it. They didn't want to talk about it though. They had to talk about it in court. No, but they did get to it. They didn't like There's shit on the bed, cut with a bottle. Go, hey, let's do a Facebook show and write a book about all this stuff. For what? Is she still acting? Is this is this what's happening like when she's not doing as much or is she still working a lot? I mean, she's got enough money in the bank that she doesn't need to do this. It's not always about the money though. You're right, but she's got part of Will Smith's like it's yeah, not the money. Yeah, it can't be the money. It's it's the idea that as a performer you want to contribute, you want to and you feel like hey, this is what I have. She's got a couple of things. Nothing. Uh, three these episodes. Are, these are just producer credits. Hang on. Oh. Actress. I was thinking about her acting. Uh, is she still working? I mean, I'm sure she can if she wants to. I don't know about now. She probably get something. She's very distracting. I guess she is distracting, yeah. Be tough to get lost in a role. Yeah, she's kind of doing stuff. Okay, she was in the Matrix movie two years ago. No, so maybe it's not. That. I, I just think some. Why would you? Why do this? Maybe it's. Who knows? I have no idea. <clears throat> it's a really weird thing. They're a weird fucking couple. Maybe Will snapped too because he's like been so controlled. Like he's had control over his image. He's had control over his career. He's had control over all of it. But now. Everybody's got opinions about his personal life now. It's not about the movies anymore. Everybody, Will Smith was beloved. And we don't know what set this off. Right. We don't. It could have been something in private mm-hmm. years ago, a text message, right? A, a video she found, something on his phone, something she, what, what, what is this? And then he's like, sit down. I got to talk to you. Mm-hmm. You don't know what fucking, what, you don't know what that little thing was in so that might have started this whole crazy weird thing where now she looks like a, a fucking asshole, but the reality was it was something that he said or did. Who the fuck knows? Possible. That's why I try not to judge people's personal lives as much, because unless you really know that, unless they're telling you this is all it is and it makes sense that that's all it is. Yeah, but it's impossible not to judge somebody's personal life that decides to sure. make it all like, hey, everybody, here's what's going on. What do you think? Well, okay, if you want to know what I think. I try, to, at least I, I try not to act like I know all of it, 
because I realize how often people get it wrong. Me, me, like even when they're saying it, I'm like, I don't want to assume I know. Like, oh, she's a bitch. Like that's my first instinct. What a fucking asshole she well, is. That's but I'm how like, she's coming across. I mean, it's how she's coming across. There's something though that's just telling me there's more to it. I don't know why. I'm just just by the way they're they're, they're hope, dancing around something. I tell you right now, I hope there's nothing more to it, and we never hear from them again. I'd like to know what it is. I'm curious. I'm not even remotely curious. I'd love oh. it. Yeah, well. <laughs> That's a little bit more. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> we can make our guesses. <laughs> As we think. <laughs> yeah. It's a theory. What? What's going on here? <laughs> I gotta tell you something. Yeah, yeah. No, I would uh I'd be I I my happiest scenario would be if they said we're going to step out of the public life forever and not talk publicly at all anymore again. I'd be like this is great news. I bet you a big part of it though is her this is my yes, her frustration with look, this is what it is so we know the marriage is not happening and now I can't even go out and just date who I want to date and live how I want to live. Because you think because of him, like that. The, because th of the, I think she's protecting something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. Yeah, it's I didn't know possible. you were coming home so soon. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I I, that's why I think. I, I, and my instinct is to automatically think what an asshole she is. <laughs> but I'm like, that's just too easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you never know. There's the other thing. There's the other thing. There's some other. Th I just. I don't know. It's just a weird. Am I, do I sound nuts? I mean, I, that's you do just, not sound nuts. That's just what it, it feels like. I know I'm making her the bad guy, but I'm like, eh, it's just. It I'm doesn't sure make sense. More. I'm sure there's more. I don't want to. I'm not interested. But I'm sure there is more. Because they just broke up. They're very much over sharers. But if they just or under sharers, what, what was it? Uh, oh, uh, fucking uh, show and tell. Uh, you show me everything, but you're not telling me nothing like that. That's kind of what that is. Like maybe they're oversharing to put a big smoke screen over here. Over here because because hey, over there, what's going on? Because she's fucking <laughs> because she was fucking with this guy, right? And like now she has to explain I'm cheating on my husband, and will like that makes her look like a piece of shit. But they know that she's not cheating. So you're saying that maybe Will said, "Tell him we're in an open relationship." Yeah, and then don't and, tell him we're separated. Right, and then it found out like. Uh, hey, they, when they said he got Will's permission and all these fake feminists are like, he doesn't need permission. And she's like, I don't need permission. Maybe that's why it came out like that. Because it was like, well, no, I don't need permission because what he's doing, I'm allowed to date. Right. There's that extra puzzle piece. There's a, a p big puzzle piece missing. Right. That all of a sudden everything makes more sense. Yeah. Whatever it is. I mean. Whatever it could be. He's, he's and it's, it's also. It's a mystery piece. It feels like he's losing his mind. Like yes. when you want, that's kind of what the whole thing feels like. Not just like, hey, they're both. You feel like this guy is collapsing under the weight of something. Well, yeah. I mean, imagine perfectly building that Hollywood career that you envisioned and becoming the top blockbuster A-list star. And isn't he like a Scientology darling or something like that? Oh, is he? I don't know. I, th I think he might. I'm not sure. Is he a Scientologist? I think they were connected to the church at least. Oh, I have no idea. Um, but imagine building all that and then all of a sudden, boom. They've denied it, 
allegations that they're members of the Church of Scientology. However, the high-profile Hollywood couple operated a private school that reportedly, that's where it was, taught the controversial religion to students. That's what it was when they opened their own school because, of course, they had to build a school to send their children to because no school that already exists could possibly function for these tiny little brilliant brains that they made. Uh, I guess they said that people said they were teaching Scientology lessons. Um, well, maybe, maybe, or maybe there was, uh, who knows, Scientology too. There are times where I think that they become a haven or a place where certain people who have certain other sides, they don't want people to know. And then you wind up confessing it. Sandy. And then they know. Yeah. Like you give, you give them all of this information and now you're like, okay, we're happy you're here, but you really should stay. You should stay. You should stay. You should stay. Ask Shelly. That's what it feels like. Yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me. Mike in New York. What's up, Mike? What's up, guys? Hello. How pissed must Chris Rock be that he took a shot for literally no reason, a straight-up performance? You think yeah. the, the whole thing was performative? It, well, I mean, clearly now it was, right? Well, Will snapped. I mean, that was that was not a performance. He snapped. But you mean the sham of the marriage? Yeah, mm. that, that does suck. When it, It's almost like, hey, dummy, what are you getting mad at? That was wild when she was doing the interview. And she was like, yeah, he said, keep your wife's name out, out, keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. And she was like, yeah, I, he hadn't called me his wife in seven years, she said. And she goes, I was not there, like meaning mentally, uh, mentally not there. And she's like, this is some old shit, she said to Chris. Like, what, what old shit? You're right. They did kind of put it in our... F- it's not really probing when they did it on a live... It, ha- it, over- it spilled over on a live TV show. It's not show. remotely probing. It's like, we, like, I want less information. I'm not looking for more. But yeah, I would, ima- the, I, I, I would imagine that Chris Rock is annoyed to be tied up in all of this nonsense. This nonsense. That somehow he has become involved in the nucleus of this whole thing. He's not involved in that. But he's... In- <laughs> what, what, what are you doing? I gotta tell you something. Ha <laughs> 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 Yeah. I'm more curious than, than caring. Like, I don't... I bet you are. ...judge him at all if he's doing that. Whatever. I, I, I like stuff out. I mean, maybe they were afraid it would hurt the box or all this... Well, I guess. I don't know. I mean, at this point, it's like... Yeah. You've made your box office, bro. Yeah, exactly. You know what hurts the box office? Jumping up on stage at the Academy Awards and assaulting Best Documentary Presenter. Doesn't hurt your... You're standing in the community. No. Nope. You get a standing ovation. Standing ovation. From all those. Oh, but that 10-year ban. Oof. I mean, it's crazy that they wouldn't just say you're out for life. Right. Assaulting a presenter. You know why they didn't say it's he was cal- out for life? Well, yes, I do. Because 10 years from now, they're going to make a big, grand presentation. Look who's back. Yeah, they love to. They love a a, a a reformed person. Yeah, but because he seems like such a phony, his apologies and his again, even when you've watched him talk about it, I said it was. Uh, <laughs> it all seems like shit. Like none of it seems like there's an ounce of sincerity in it. And no. I think that's. It's almost like you coming off like you're trying to be this calming presence and this re- man of reflection who's seen the error of his ways and learned from it. It's just kind of coming off like, this is fake. Shut up. Does it ruin Fresh Prince? 
I was never a fan, luckily. Travis, um, are you okay with Fresh Prince? I'm fine with Fresh Prince. I am too, because mm-hmm. I feel like that was before. It was before. It's like he, Michael Jackson songs. Well, we've had a disagreement over where the Michael Jackson songs, if the allegations were to be true, mm-hmm. would be appropriate to stop. I said only Little Michael would be appropriate, and I believe that you were good with everything uh, up until and including Dangerous. Yeah. I'm fine with history. (laughs) (laughs) That seems very much in self-interest. Does it? (laughs) Yeah. I'm fine with history. (laughs) Like you're squeezing every possible hit out of it. Yeah, I mean, that was a good album. That was good. It was a double album, right? Yeah. And they said this wouldn't last. Yeah, Fresh Prince is fine. Fresh Prince is fine. Independence Day is fine. Independence Day is fine. Okay, what about like the iRobot, uh, I Legend, I Am Legend era? Those are both. I Am Legend is great. Right. That's a great movie. He's great in that. I don't think any of his did, movies are. What about Wow, Wicked Wow, oh, Wicked Wicked Wow, Wow West? Wow. Didn't his wife yell or something or complain when he didn't get win the Oscar or something? Wasn't that the first sign that there was kind of cuntiness there? He didn't win for that thing where he played the the doctor in a CT. Oh yeah, yeah. She was mad about that. Yeah, Tell the com- truth. She complained about something about how he should have gotten it, and people were like, "Shut the fuck! Who won it that year?" I don't know. Can we look up who Concussion won? Concussion was the movie. Concussion. There Is that you go. The name of the movie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I want to know who won that. It year. It wasn't that good of a movie. I, I I've seen moments of it. It didn't seem that great, but yeah. I can't. It was 2015. He didn't even get a nomination. Maybe that's what that's she complained what about. But who who was... Let me see. Hang on. Yeah. Let's see. 2015 Oscars. Right? That's what we're looking for? Yeah. Rough Rider. No, you don't want nada. <laughs> All right. I'll tell you what. I'll never watch Men in Black 3 again. <laughs> wow. Good for you. <laughs> I'm 2015 dead. Best Actor, yeah? Oh, and they didn't go to the awards or something that year? Yeah, but they weren't nominated, so... Right, why would they be there? Yeah, it's like you weren't invited, bro. Eddie Rayman won for the theory. Rayman? It's yeah, Red Rayman. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, All of right. course. There's okay. a D right there. Theory of Everything is fine. You yeah. said Eddie so. Rayman. Who else uh, nominated? Steve Carell for Foxcatcher. He was great Bradley Cooper for American Sniper. Mm. Benedict Cumberbatch for The Imitation Game. I remember and that. And Michael Keaton for Birdman. <laughs> Which is wild, because Michael Keaton playing the Birdman... <laughs> It's like, I never would have expected that casting. But once you put the tattoos on his face, he looks just like him. Steve Carell and Foxcatcher was great. Aren't they saying now that they have to have not just white people nominated in all categories? Was this Oscar so white year? I mean, this is a very white Oscars. I mean, look, sure. I'm just scrolling. There was one look year. Look at all these white faces. There was one year where everybody at the Oscars was white, and then they were like, oh. This might have been the year. Look yes. at all these white people. I think this, and maybe that's why. Oh, there's John Legend. Poor John Legend. And Common. They won Best Original Song. But that's, they had to share the award. Yeah. Well, they co-wrote it. Well, that still only counts once. Yeah, half an Oscar each. I yeah. think you get a full one. <laughs> No, you get half a statue. Oh. It's like those necklaces with the half heart on it. That's right. Say best Friendship. Friend. Yep. One says best, one says friends. They won for Glory from Selma. Glory Bouvier. from Selma? The song. Yeah. What was the movie? Selma. It's about Selma Bouvier. Uh, Mrs. Bouvier! <laughs> I don't know that one. <laughs> yeah, that might have been the year. And maybe that's why she was complaining, too. Because it was like only white people yeah. at the Oscars. And she was like, you couldn't give my man... 
a nomination for a concussion? Yeah, I, I, I have to see it. So I, I don't know if it was a good move or not. But I just remember that was the first time people were like, huh. Uh, oh, they- so in 2016, all 20 Oscar nominations in the acting categories went to white performers for the second year in a row. So this was mm. the beginning of Oscar So of White. Oscar So White. 2015 and 2016. That is a lot of whites getting nominated two years in a row. Well, there's a lot of good movies. <sighs> there are, but I mean, it's true. It's many whites. Yeah. Many. <laughs> many whites. Many. There's no black people the next year either? 2016? No. <laughs> two years of, yeah. It's probably see. a legit gripe. Yeah, I would say. I don't know what the movies were. Well, what was I like the I love the Travis's. Well, let's not. Uh, you might be right. Jump to conclusions. Here. I mean, he what might the movies. He yeah. might be right what about concussions. Let's but see. it does go and show you that for all of their blathering and yapping about equity, that like this is who they are. Yeah, they like it. Really has to be rubbed in their face. Like if they have, and then they come out and try to control it. Like, well, no, look at us. But that's who they really are. When like. They just I mean, do what they want to do. The next year was DiCaprio for The Revenant and Brie Larson for Room. Those are two great performances. Fine, but the, nom- no, the, the nominations. nominations was the problem. Brian yeah. Cranston for Trumbo. I mean... I didn't see that. Matt Damon for The Martian. Stop it. I didn't see that. Michael oh, Fosbender as Steve Jobs. Why are you saying Fosbender? Yeah, that's his name. Oh, no. Eddie Rainman. <laughs> that's not his name. <laughs> for The Danish Girl. Again? That guy? Well, he's a very good actor. So who who was he had overlooked? A great, he had a great twenty tens, by the way. Who Eddie, was Eddie Rainman? Was a see, big, who was who was overlooked? I don't care who was nominated. Who was overlooked? Uh, let me see. Twenty sixteen Oscars. Yeah. Oscar Plus, Leo Oscar made love snubs. to that bear in that. That was movie. a great scene. I mean, that was a tremendous scene. Was Tom Hardy in that too? too yeah, he got nominated for best supporting. No, yeah, it was very good. Twenty sixteen Oscar snubs. This is from Entertainment. All Weekly. Creed. Yeah. Bratton. Yeah, they couldn't find him. I wouldn't call Creed a fucking Oscar-worthy movie. Let's see. First Creed was good. It was fine. Yeah. It was fine. It didn't suck. Then again, The Wire never got anything but one writing award in season five. So there is something to be said for what garbage those people are. And the black people have a point, I'm sure. Yeah. All right. Biggest snubs. They fucking ignored Uh, everyone on The Wire and Uh, gave it to House. That's a white person. By the way, I love this article. It's like, here are the biggest snubs of the year. More whites that should have been nominated. Yeah. All right, Michael B. Jordan for Creed. All right, that's okay. Uh, another white person. And that's Jacob Tremblay. Idris Elba for okay. Best Supporting Actor. Beast of the Na- of of no nation. nation. I didn't see that. Okay. But I, I'll take their word for it. For sure, Idris? Yeah. You see those pants he was wearing with Greg Charles? I bit did. snug. Oh, yeah. Bit snug. Yeah, that's a snug trouser. Definitely. Charlize Theron was very sexy in Mad Max. I wanted her to tinkle <laughs> oh, on me. sexy. She only had one arm. <laughs> Didn't have any TP. <laughs> That's right. Well, yes, she does. <laughs> and if I was writing a book, it would say, he says as his tongue comes out. <laughs> Straight out of Compton, didn't get nominated. Best picture. Yeah, okay. That's a good movie. Was yeah, it was good. White person. White person. A lot of whites. Will Smith for best concussion. Actor there it is. Concussion. Okay, so this is 2016. Okay. He was a good actor in that. The movie wasn't great, but Will Smith was a good actor, I think. Uh, Star yeah. Wars: The Force Awakens. How would that be for best picture? What is this? A Razzie? Oh, oh excuse me. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'll agree the Hateful Eight. Yeah. Yeah. Can he get nominated? Not for director or screenplay. No. That's crazy that he yeah. get uh, for screenplay. He didn't get nominated. No. That's wild. Yeah. There's so Ma Pekka. M- uh, what? What? <laughs> Remember Samuel Jackson and they play suck Ma Pekka. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like definitely should have gotten nominated for that. So maybe that's what she was mad at that that uh, Tarantino didn't get nominated. <laughs> that's probably it. Michael Keaton for Spotlight. The P 
Peanuts movie. Nah. I mean, I, I don't, animated I don't feature though. I think we're okay with that. Yeah, I'm kind of done with the Peanuts. You are Inside Out won that year. Yeah. That was way better than Peanuts. Inside Out was better I'm, than yeah. Peanuts. Because you always know she's gonna move the football, idiot. Yeah. yeah. Come on, you big moron. Yeah, I just don't care. I don't care about the Peanuts movie or Charles M. Schultz. You don't care about Charles M. Schultz at all. I don't. He died. Rest in peace. All right, Peter. Hmm. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they were. Will wanted to win for uh, Ali too, right? Yeah. I think, I think that was so. like the first movie where he was uh, like, "Oh, maybe this is gonna be my Oscar one." And I think he might have been nominated for it. He was. I want to say he was. You know what? I don't want to speak. Oh, here's here's the living room. Oh my goodness! The sun's coming up through the beautiful windows, and there's just kiss posters all over the floor. Yeah, it's like a dorm room. (laughs) It's ridiculous. Nobody should live like that. Honestly, yeah. (laughs) But they're gonna be nice and flat. Yeah, that's what I go home to. (laughs) He was nominated for. Yeah, yeah. He didn't win, though. Who? Will Smith. Mm. Oh, Denzel won for Training Day. Come on. Why did Denzel have to be crooked before he took it? That wasn't even good. It wasn't. Jadakiss asked that question. (laughs) It's not great. Training Day? That movie is fucking awesome. No, it wasn't. I didn't like it. That movie rules. I hate that they gave it. I didn't know you liked to get wet. (laughs) Yeah, it was that big dumb speech he gave at the... Oh... So he called, ain't got nothing on me. Yeah, it stunk. I'm sorry. And that wasn't. It rules. It was. Training day rules? Training day rules. It fucking rules. It was not. Yeah. It was like Scarface. It was this. Scarface fucking. I loved it. But I'm like. To Scarface give him, rules ass. To give Will Smith the award. I'm sorry, uh, Denzel the award for that. And then ignore him for other things. It's just these fucking hunks of shit. They're just they're not happy unless you're but doing you can, it this way. But you can award somebody for a great performance even if you've ignored mm-hmm. them for other great You're right, but they didn't. This was, it was not even great. Say, it, was, it was okay. It's about time. Yeah. It was okay. You say it's about damn time. That big speech he gives all the drug dealers. They're all watched. Great. That was, was awesome. Watching the fall of, of this man who is so powerful. But it was unbelievable. No cop who's dirty does that. For sure they do. Bro. Big speeches stunk. The whole movie happened in one day. Yeah. It's insane. What a wild day. What a wild day. Yeah. What a crazy day. Imagine. You couldn't even do that on 24. No way. You hang out with Dr. Dre. And they didn't even do it in 24 hours. It's like 18 hours. <laughs> maybe. I remember that part. I just can't. They hang out with Dr. Dre at a drug deal. He almost, you ever get your shit pushed in? <laughs> that movie rules. And he looks out the window. The car's gone. He's like, oh, fuck. It's a great movie. Karma comes back around, though. No, it's not. Because he did the right thing earlier in the movie, if you recall. That's not good. Halle Berry won for Monsters Ball in that year, too. Yeah, sure. That's what Denzel said, killing two birds with one stone. Monster Balls. I don't think it was called Monster Balls. I think you put the S in the wrong spot. <laughs> I think it was Monster Balls. Monster Balls. I think, did Eric I, win? I, I, I saw it. I think it was Monster Balls. Yeah. There was a good scene with her and Billy Bob. He was really putting it to her. He was. I mean, but look at the other nominees. Nobody else deserved it. What do you want? Nicole Kidman, Moulin Rouge to win? Yeah. Who, I yeah. fucking hated that movie, Moulin Rouge. Who's your choice? Bridget Jones' Diary. Oh, instead of Denzel? I don't no, remember. No, instead of Holly Berry. I didn't say she wasn't great. You I'm said saying, she shouldn't have won it. I didn't say she shouldn't have won it. I said Holly Berry and Monster Balls was 
definitely award winning. And I said they, that year. the Oscars for all of their their wokeness and their they just they like black people in certain roles. That is the truth. That's what Jada Kiss found out too. Yeah, it's the truth. They're not happy with fucking him playing Malcolm X or somebody else. No, but they could still give him the award. I mean, I don't want him to. I wish he had those awards and then also give him this award. No, I mean. All I, the awards. This award just. He's great in everything. He's great in everything. It wasn't. Remember when he great. flew that plane upside down? I remember. He was that. all drunk. Yeah, and more nonsense. Then he confesses at the end. Just shut he up. He felt bad. I don't know if he could do that. I think the plane would lose lift. Mm, and by the way, you know what I hated about that movie? You know what I hated about that fucking shit flight movie? When he's talking <laughs> to the co-pilot, and the co-pilot is talking about turbulence like he's never been on a plane before. And they're saying words like turbulence, and let's say pilots don't talk that way to each other. They don't say turbulence? Not like that. And Denzel's explaining it to him, and sometimes he's doing... A little, they're in those on the plane, and they're doing a little, uh, a little explaining for the audience at home. But it just annoyed me. I thought it was terribly written. I wanted to find out about it. Yeah. I just didn't like the way they had to explain to the co-pilot. I heard the Equalizer Three is good. What? I heard the Equalizer Three is good. I didn't well, see that. I didn't see it yet either. Dumb movie, Flight. The yeah. plane going upside down is the only reason any of us watched it. It was in a trailer, too. Yeah, of course it was. I want to see that plane upside down movie. Such nonsense. Look at him looking cool in his uniform, He's though. He's the man. He's the man. He's the coolest pilot ever. Way better than stupid Sully. This is a better movie than Sully. Yeah, Robert Zemeckis, who I like. but Robert Zemeckis is the shit. It was well shot. This this scene of when they're doing that was well shot. Like, this is what it would probably look like. Thanks. Travis scrolls away at the one good part of the trailer. Flip that, flip that shit upside down. We all see it. You got it, Denzel. Flip it upside down. Your <laughs> co-pilot's panicking. The co-pilot fucking sucked. What a worthless, non-helping piece. He's like, I would be at the co-pilot. Well, he was new, and the plane was crashing. Yeah, yeah I know. Oh, John. I, John Goodman I, rules, too. Uh, I've had enough of him. You've had enough of John Goodman? Great. I, yes, fuck? I am. I have never heard that take before. I, I'm, he's in so many things. I'm just sick of the fat guy just, with sunglasses just coming be, in. Just because, sick his, of it. just because his kids can't run a church does not mean that you put that on him. Sick of him. He's very good. I'm just sick of him. <laughs> never heard anyone say they're sick of John Goodman. I just Me realized neither. he was in this. All I've, heard enough. Is, all I've heard is joy for John Goodman. I love, and I think he's great. Stowed at his feet. Yeah. Remember, in, he's in that movie, Arachnophobia. He stepped on the spider. It was, it was great the big scene. Lebowski. Ah, remember really? when he was the king of England? Yeah. Except his name was Ralph. I forgot Don Cheadle is in this too, who I like. Don Cheadle's great. The movie stunk. What? I can't you believe you don't like King Ralph. Nothing fair. All right, well, uh, maybe don't great. watch uh, Righteous Gemstones. Oh, yeah. It just a lot 10 Cloverfield Lane, he's great in 10 Cloverfield He's great Cloverfield in 10 Cloverfield Lane. Lane. I'm not saying he's not great. That I'm is an underrated movie. I'm a little tired. It is. It's very good. Because yeah. people thought it was a sequel. Uh-huh. It's, it's not? No. No. It's I mean, it's in, in the, the same universe. universe. But it is not a direct sequel to Cloverfield. But it, it's it is, good. I I enjoyed it. Okay. I liked it a lot. It does. Uh, yeah, it suffers the same fate as Halloween 3. Because yeah, it took sure. Michael Myers yeah. out. Right. Yeah, but that was also, they weren't, ex like, people weren't expecting Halloween 3. <sighs> You know, like when it came out. Oh, they thought it was a Michael Myers. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah they lost confidence in making the uh, what's it called when you have a, uh, you know, when you have one title franchise. No, um, trilogy. No, and of course not a trilogy. one title yeah. name of something. Yeah, a name. A name. That's what I was looking for. Right, well, you can't think of it. Yeah, don't, exactly. Don't be shitty don't be mad at us because yeah. our guesses aren't going to good. No, you know when they uh, uh, have multiple stories told under the same umbrella. A uh, universe. A cinematic universe? No. It's one story. The HCU? 
trilogy? We already discussed trilogy. What are you That's one of, story. Man? A uh, multiple stories under one umbrella. Yeah. I've lost it. I know the word because I was thinking about it yesterday. What's it begin with? Yeah, I have no idea. With? It's not like one. If I knew is the it letter, one word. It's not one word. Trilogy. Not a. Does it start with A? I have no idea what what letter it starts with. Once I'd be like, "Yep, that's the word." It's like, uh, <clears throat> no, I can't think of the word. Fuck, it's gonna drive me crazy. But it, descri- but it, it describes. It's an umbrella. What's for another example of it? Like, uh, like Creep Show is a single movie that is that same type of movie because there's a multiple- through line. No, 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 no. That's one. That's one story. An umbrella that houses different stories. Um. Yeah, I think. Look up what type of movie creep show is. Okay, it's going to say horror. Horror. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Stephen King. That's true. Leslie Nielsen. But you know, there's multiple stories in that movie. What yes, type horror. of movie is creep show? Is creep show. Yeah. Okay, it's horror fantasy. Damn it! But oh, the- compendium. No, no. That, that wasn't the word compend. Can you imagine if I was like, yes, compendium, compendium. was the word I was going to share with you? <laughs> exactly. Because I think that highly of myself. Who's pendium? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I don't know. I don't know the word either. Now I want to know. I'll figure a it out. A crowd just said anthology. Anthology is the word. So it did begin with A. I asked. You. I told you I didn't know. I didn't say you no. were just so flippant and dismissive. I said I don't know what letter it starts what was with. The word? Anthology. Oh, anthology. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to that caller. The word is anthology. I, w- I probably wouldn't have gotten that. Yeah. No. So what was your point? That they didn't know Halloween three was. They were trying to make. They lost confidence in making it an anthology, so they didn't really advertise it as right. an anthology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They advertised it as a sequel. Trilogy. Prequel. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, yeah. Sequel. Yeah. Yeah. But that hurt the movie from the start of course because yeah. people were like this is not what i paid for that's not a good ad anyway halloween three no michael Myers. <laughs> can't wait to see it <laughs> but it's way more appreciated now it's like, fucking in, rule in i haven't context. seen it in 25 years but maybe i will watch it again and see if it's any good uh, well you have to like that type of movie and so i don't know if you like, I like it. scary movies well it's the not... new exorcist looks like a pile of shit right getting horrible reviews it's a pile of horrifying shit. reviews like, no, horrible. oh no, that sucks no, no, no. Total pile of shit. It's hard to make a good scary movie without falling into tropes. It is. It is. Yeah, I don't mind if they go super, like, genre with it and do the tropes on purpose. But if they're trying to make a movie like, this is going to scare you, and you see what they're doing, it takes you right out of it. Yeah, I don't like when they do stuff on purpose either. It's like, you know what? Just scare me. Just come up with something creative and scare me, fucks. Well, you don't like John Goodman either. I do like John Goodman. I'm just you, sick of him. I didn't say I don't like him. I do How like him. How could you ever be sick of John Goodman? I just want pop up and I'm like, I'm right already. <laughs> I, I, but I don't think he's... I, I Have enjoy you ever him. felt that way with John Goodman when Never. you saw him? No, and I've, I, I don't sure. think he does enough for me to be like, uh, he's in this too? Matter yeah. of fact, whenever I see John Goodman's in something, I go, hooray! Yeah. That's great. I'm glad you guys love John Goodman. I, I like him too. Just do it a little less of him. But I mean, he's in... I'd tell you if I hate him. I Righteous don't. Gemstones. Great. And then like... Sick of him in sunglasses. I'm struggling to see... He wears sunglasses. In I'm sick of him in sunglasses. He does wear... Sun... That's what it is. I'm sick of him in sunglasses. Yeah, What's he's... the last thing you saw him in? Just popped up right now in Flight. <laughs> I didn't need to see it. It didn't fit. He was in the movie Flight, and he did have sunglasses on. Yeah. He's lost That's weight That's what annoyed me. Yeah. 
Yeah. But he does wear sunglasses on Righteous Gemstones. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. Maybe that's... I've been seeing a bunch of ads, I guess, or little clips. That's what's annoying. Ah, so good. I'm not saying it's not good. I'm just sick of it. I'm just... You've grown done, I'm done for now. Yeah. With John Goodman. Yeah, but I don't think he should retire. I enjoy his work. You're ready for a break, though. I haven't seen him in anything in a while. But like The Big Lebowski, I don't like. I, I think that was the most overrated movie ever. People love The Big I Lebowski. I know they do. I the know dude. it's very popular. I don't give a shit about The Dude. You don't? The Dude. No, I never I never liked it. You give it. I don't, I'm not surprised by that. A single shit? I, again, I, I didn't think it's garbage. I just didn't like it. Mm. There's things you think are garbage, and then there's things that you just like, nah, it's just, I don't like it. Where do you land on Lebowski, Travis? I think it's great. Yeah. I'm not like... Uh, up there thinking it's like a masterpiece and like people that go to like Lebowski Con. Not like your top ten. Ju- no, no. Lebowski no. Con. But I mean, people worship. I, that's kind of, maybe that's what annoys me is the fact <laughs> that that's what, I don't know. The, they do. Like, yeah. That is not. Uh, I just didn't think. I would not put that as my favorite Coen Brothers movie. No. And, and again, it wasn't a bad movie. I saw some of it recently. I was like, yeah, it's okay. Like, it's great. Yeah, Goodman, just with the glasses, I just don't need it. I don't need it. He is wearing sunglasses. Of course he is. It's different though, and I love that the about sunglasses. It. No, the movie. Oh, like I, I, I'm glad that there's people like the Coen Brothers who get movies made because they're, yeah, they're different. You know, you sound like Scorsese right now. And I didn't think it's stung. Well, Scorsese, like I, you're gonna see Killers of the Flower Moon. I yeah. can't wait. Yeah, yeah. It comes out. It's a great name for a. I don't movie. know though. The length of the movie is so long. Oh, oh it's so long. How is it so long? Three you know and how and excited hours. I get for a three and a half hour movie. It's great. You get a big old popcorn. You get the big soda. You get a little candy. You settle in. Watch your movie. Yeah, Killers of the Flower Moon. I'm like, I might see that. Comes out this week. I will tell you though, if, if, uh, if I'm not going to say any names, but if someone gets impatient and wants to leave halfway through it. <laughs> You're very fucking frustrated. My back itches. Yeah, but it takes place in the old time. Yeah. That's true. It's the olden days. So she should like that. That is true, yeah. Maybe we can get a Scully and Scully chair to sit in. That's with true. With no cushion on the back. Who the fuck wants to sit in a chair with no cushion? Uh, it's not me. Not me. I like no cushions cush- on there. I like a cushion chair. I like a nice soft cushion chair. I like a couch. <clears throat> Love a good couch. Couches are great. Yeah, couches are pretty awesome. Plus, you probably won't want to leave the movie early because then she'd have to go home and uh, in her home, it's just covered with kiss posters. I know. Floor, so. I know. There's a lot. It's a lot. She's like, might as well just stay at this movie theater. It's too much. I understand. Yeah, it's a lot of shit. I can't wait to get home <laughs> to continue I'm, your process. Yeah, I'm doing Gutfeld tonight. I was supposed to do it last week, but they canceled all week because of uh, the Israeli Hamas stuff. So the, sure. the, the they just, I guess, like news. So I got switched to tonight, so I can't even spend the time I want on my posters. No. I'm sorry to hear tape that, tape television. Oh, man. That sucks. You're not going to, like, take care of some poster stuff and watch the Cowboys tonight? Oh, I forgot that. I don't give a... I, who are they playing? Uh, they're playing... Chargers. 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 What do you think, Mike? Is that a winnable game? Uh, it's winnable. Chargers are good. Uh, they're a good quarterback, uh, good running back, a um, couple solid D linemen. They're a little inconsistent on defense, though. So you gonna watch it? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I'll be home in time. Mike, for you the gonna game. watch your favorite team? <laughs> I'll be home in time for the game. But there might be an auction or something. Yeah, I might have time. Just, I guess. Any given Sunday, though, right? Or Monday? Well, we found that out yesterday. Yeah, I don't what like watching. I don't, what at least, a day! At least the Jets beat what the a shit. What a day! What a weird day! Why was it weird? Well, I mean, there's two major, major upsets. Yeah. Jets over Philly. And Browns over the 49ers. I didn't like that one. Brock Purdy lost the game. <laughs> I didn't like that one. I didn't like that one either. I that wasn't was great. That's that how one. it is, though. 
You no know matter how good you are, there's that one team that comes along and just fucking wrecks your vibe. What the fuck? Miss a they field goal the, the last second. Yeah. They really killed the vibe. Yeah, it's funny. When it, it, what's the Browns record? I'm not sure. Did they give up 42 points? No. Oh. No. No, that was... Uh, yeah, no, they did not. Yeah. Three interceptions? I don't believe so. Browns are three and two now. Okay. They shouldn't, have, they shouldn't have won. Well, I mean, where'd they, they win? The game. Cleveland. And then the, the Giants and Bills last night didn't even really start playing until the fourth quarter. Oh, that, that game stunk. I kind of like the... Uh, I like the Browns in the sense that the fans there wanted that team so badly. Like, they really wanted that team. taken away from them. uh, Right, to go to Baltimore. But Mm -hmm. then they got the Browns back. They kept the name. They want that team. So fans like that deserve a a good team. L.A. should never have another fucking football team. Although, were you happy as somebody who doesn't like Giants fans at that, I mean, just hideous way to go into the second half yeah i had to go to bed at the end of the third quarter it was getting late i mean i'm surprised you didn't fall asleep (laughs) that was a pretty sweet fight though yeah that was cool that was cool what happened in that game i didn't that was a good ending to the half who won the giants fucked up oh that was incredible the giants fucked up hard (laughs) they were like at the one yard whatever five yard line or something they couldn't. They decided to run it in. <laughs> that wasn't I, happening. I love watching Brian Dable lose his shit. <laughs> oh, he was so fucking pissed. Did they try four shots or three and then a field goal? Well, they had the ball. They um, they picked off Josh Allen right before the end of the uh, first half. They get the ball um, down at the uh, oh. the <laughs> like the one foot line. Thank God you guys convinced take me to look, go. Jim, Buffalo. take a look at the clock and the number of timeouts that the Giants All have right, let's left. Let's see, fourteen <laughs> seconds. <laughs> It appears they have zero timeouts left. Mike, do I have that right? That Yeah, that's good math, Travis. Okay. You sound like a coach, dude. Here we go. Seconds left. It is tough to get a second playoff. <laughs> Taylor just... They're going to hand it off. It's Barkley. No, no. He's trying to run. He's not going to get no. there. No. <laughs> I mean, absolutely eight, not. Seven, six. Not You'll never... Of course you're not going to get that four. off. <laughs> Giants trying to get on the ball. They can't. <laughs> Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> That's what terrible. You you take look at him. Look at him. Look at him. <laughs> oh, what the? <laughs> why I mean, why wouldn't you throw it into the into the? That's insane. You get t- fourteen seconds is more than enough time for two plays. Mike, if you were calling, uh, if you were the coach, would you have called a running play with fourteen seconds left? <laughs> and no timeouts. So, apparently, the way this unfolded was the play that a lot of most NFL teams when they give you a play call it has like a, a kill option where mm-hmm. you can immediately check to a second one and this particular play's kill option had a uh the second play was a run oh. which a, an experienced <laughs> quarterback would not would not check down to Well Taylor's um, an experienced quarterback. Well No, I no, mean, right no. So everybody's just like right. no, absolutely what an not. Awful. No, not so no, much no. lately. Okay. Right. <laughs> wow. I think I'm bad. gonna do it. No, absolutely not. Here's more of us. No. He ducked his head down a yard out. Like he wasn't even on the line. No, he wasn't even close. No. That's an, an, an abysmal play call. <laughs> those abysmal. little things that if you're not playing every week that don't get practiced, and yeah. uh, then you then you have 14 seconds to go in the half. and uh, Two shots at the mistakes. end zone. That's it. You take two quick shots at the end zone. That's all. I mean, you, you, yeah. you got one second left. You still got... So you have basically... Yeah, you could get two passing plays off and then easily. still kick the field goal. Yeah. I don't even know if you can get the field. If, if you wanted... Uh, you could, uh, but... Quick, yeah. Three seconds, four seconds. Sure, you've still got... Yeah. Yeah, quick time. If that's if you have the, that amount of timeouts, or if, if or the you pass just, gets dropped, you can just stops. do a running play. 
and then I just mean, not get any points. What, a, yeah. what was we the final chose zero score? points. 14-9. Who Buffalo. Buffalo. Good. Yeah, I mean, my, the Giants had the ball Bills. on like yeah. Bill, yeah. the Bills one nation. again at the end of the game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they, they fucked up at the end, too. How'd they do it at the end? They at least got the ball in the end zone, right? Well, they were on the one. How much time? Uh, zero seconds. Zero seconds. This oh, is this the is the very first end of the game. Last okay. play. Play. Taylor over the top to no. Waller. No. It's close. No. Play. But it was... Listen, no. Over the top what is, no. How do you only have... No. Not in yeah. my house. That was over his... Ah, 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 No, no, no. That was a tough play. I mean, the guy was right in his... Defender was right in his face, but... that was It was a great ending. The fourth quarter was exciting. I didn't watch it. Yeah. I was sleeping. Well, yeah, because the first three quarters yeah, were I'm terrible. For this. So the New York team beat the team from Jersey. Nice. Why is... That's just well, this quarterback likes to unload quickly. He doesn't like to... Well, they had no time. Doesn't matter. Yeah, Once the I ball's mean, snapped, you yeah. could go for an hour. But that was probably the play that was called. Yeah. Like, they were very clearly going to him. Quickly, yeah. You know. And he over his head and one arm up. Yeah. Shit throw. Well, he's the backup. And it's all <laughs> so, yeah. But if he would have thrown out a little lower. But I don't he, think Daniel Jones is going to make that play either. Bill Belichick had a crummy weekend, too. Oh, I love that they're talking about firing him. It's like, what do you want? He's, he's, the, Are they really? Yeah, I don't think they really they're having him. fire Belichick. Whatever he does, just enjoy it. Right. Have a few shit years. Who cares? I think they're going to fire him because he broke his iPad. It's done. <laughs> Did he lose again? Well, they lost, and he slammed his iPad on the ground. <laughs> they haven't been the same team since Brady left. They're, I mean, whoa, what a take. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I do love the angry Belichick reactions, but now he's destroying company property. Well, he got furious. I don't play him. Because he used to win all the time. Every week. Yeah. And now you see, like, oh, yeah, no matter how good a coach you are. He's got a crummy team. Why is that Scully and Scully fucking the, that goddamn wreath? That oh, because we went to the wreath. website. So yeah, now they it's got you now. Pop up on targeted ads. There's no, but you guys don't have any ad blockers. Yeah, I do, but I mean that's like for uh, videos and stuff. This is the wreath season too? Yeah, yeah. Wreaths are so stupid. You don't You're wreaths? against wreaths? I just don't need one. Just need a bunch of kiss posters. I don't need that either. You're not going to decorate for Christmas? Yeah, I do a tree again. What about a wreath? I mean, look. <laughs> I, I, would I? <laughs> I probably would. Probably would. Yeah. Yeah. Look at look at Belichick. He's got his iPad. Don't break the iPad, Belichick. Bill? No, Bill. Belichick, <laughs> good craftsman, never blames his tools. He hates his iPad. Ah, he just hates everything right now. Well, yeah, of course he yeah, does. It's embarrassing. You, you have the, all the, but then again, he had a great twenty years. Yeah, but you don't want to. You want to go out on top. Fourteen, twelve. The Jets won. Uh, yeah, that was a great game. Yeah. Was it two touchdowns or and no wait, extra no. points, or was there? No, it wasn't fourteen, twelve. Yeah, no, that was. Oh, that final. was just flashing on the screen at that time. Okay. Yeah. Oh, they lost twenty fourteen. Why, why didn't they just kick a field goal there? They were down by two. Hmm? They got more than a field goal. No, no, I'm saying the uh, Patriots. They were only down by two. Why didn't they just kick a field oh, goal? Oh, they probably wanted to. Oh. <laughs> that was probably what they, they oh, probably would have really I understand. Liked I thought maybe he just decided not to. And no. He himself. Okay. No, he's probably... I mean, I think Bill is disappointed in an amalgamation of things and decided to break his iPad. Yeah, sure. Yeah. He's having a rough year. Yeah. Uh, it's not Tim Cook's fault. No one cares. <laughs> have a bad year. No, no and uh, Belichick, I mean, come on.
It's a real bad year, though. Doesn't matter. It's it matters right now. It's annoying, I'm sure. And you hate it, and I like to see the fact that guy still wants to win. It was like you know, Tom Brady would have something. He would throw his iPad too, but they both love throwing iPads. They love well, iPads are so throwable, and you know, I get it. I get it. The I'm organization, even a losing organization, they can afford a ton of iPads. Well, they have those rubber cases too. So you probably and you throw that onto turf. You're, you're, you'll be are right. you thinking the iPad survives? You'll be all right. Nah, you probably give it a good toss into that. Uh, they probably like part of and it it's is in a case. like when kids pretend to be mad at stuff, but really they just think it's cool to break shit. So they throw something, you know? Yeah. That might also be part of this, too. I think he was but, looking for an excuse. Yeah, that they have, like, a running that. competition to see who can break the iPad, even though the big foam thing's on it. <laughs> well, boys, we lost today, but I finally broke the iPad. Yay! <laughs> Patriots are one in five. Yeah, it's, the, yeah, it's time. How many good years do you need? And who is there one against? Dallas? No, the okay. Cowboys beat, no, uh, beat them handily. Yeah. Maybe the Jets? I mm. thought it yeah, might. Yeah, yeah. I thought it might be the Jets. It, it, maybe it was their second game? Yeah, it was the Jets. Yeah. Right. Post Aaron Rodgers Jets. <clears throat> Any given Sunday, or Monday, or Thursday. It's the best. It's cool. It's a lot of fun. It's it? a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. All the stories are big exciting. Mad. It's exciting. Like, did you even realize that the ALCS was on last night? I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I'm not going to watch that bullshit. People were like, baseball playoffs. Are, I was like, what? Who cares? Why are you even talking about this? What is this, game 200 or something? Like, eh, Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Oh, man, my team lost. They're just going to do the exact same game tomorrow. <laughs> okay, great. I'm not watching then either. Oh, man, they were down this inning. It's okay, there's 180 Baseball innings. is still going on? It's so long. It's October. The Yankees it's like are done, the biggest right? month. Yeah. Uh, October is October's huge for baseball. The Yankees are out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> how, how did Aaron Judge do this season? How many home runs? Uh, not great, but he was injured for, for a while. So he had a he had a down year. Okay. I don't know how many home runs he hit. <laughs> Yankees did very poorly. There's he, a way to I find mean, out. He, he was, yeah, I'm going to look for it right now. Were you, were you happy with how Baltimore ended up doing? It seemed like yeah. They, I mean yeah. Good I mean season. it was I a like disappointing. It was a disappointing end, right? Because they were so good. But yeah, I'm. I'm how they fell know. apart? They did well. Uh, I don't think they they fell apart. They got into a slump at the wrong time. Yeah, their 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 pitching staff was out of gas. Yeah, they were a young young staff, and they should have a lot of gas. Being the young staff. Well, no, I mean they're <laughs> pitching you know way more innings than they've ever pitched before. Right. Yeah. So. Right, and then you run into a Texas Rangers team that has the best offense in the American League, and, and Nolan Ryan. I don't think he's on the team anymore. He really? Didn't, yeah. Well, Did he didn't pitch. Him? Did he, didn't he fight Robin Yount recently? <laughs> huh? Did he have a fight with Robin Yount? Yeah, I think that was recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? like within was that? I think it was this season. It wasn't this season? It was recently. No, it wasn't. Oh, it was, okay. It was not Robin Yount. <laughs> Who was the guy? Robin Ventura. <laughs> ah, <okay. laughs> that's the greatest fight of all time. Yeah. Nolan Ryan rules. He certainly does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Nolan Ryan's a guy I'd like to... Interview. That's uncontested. No. That guy rules. I uh, had 37 home runs this year. Oh, Nolan Ryan? That's still good. No, man. Because oh, I was about to say... Nolan Ryan rules. Yeah, he rules. 37 is still a good year. Yeah, but I mean, it could have been more. He only played 106 games. Why? He just didn't play playing? Yeah. <laughs> he was sitting out. Oh, lazy. Yeah. How are the Cubs doing? The Cubs are out. 
Is that because the rocket's arm went out? <laughs> yep. I'm legit. Real stupid question. <laughs> I like that people are talking now about that. Stedman. F- <laughs> fucking California. How do they have the top four fucking Powerball wins? Go fuck yourself. Who's talking about that? You're still mad about, about that? Article about it. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. The top four all went to California. So let me ask you this. There's millions of other people in this fucking country. Do you think possible conspiracy with the lottery? We think possible. I don't know. I mean, lone gunman for JFK though. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> just, just, <laughs> just making sure. Four winners, a lot of winners for California to get. It's a big state, but not that big. No, it's not bigger than Texas and New York and fucking all the other ones getting Illinois combined. Right. Right. Yeah, they may have, there's probably more than one gunman. I just, want, I just want proof of it. That's all. That's all. All right. Well, I got uh, Wednesday night, I'll be the fat black pussycat every Wednesday through November, through the end of November. That's exciting. Well, for the audience. Yeah. Sure, lucky them. But that means that you got to get your tickets now because if you're thinking about doing it, there's an end date. It's been selling out every week. It's well, great. Look at you. Nice to work on them. It's a small room. Look at you. Please. It's nice to work on the material. And sell the fuck out. That's also nice. They say, Jim Norton, are you a sellout? Yeah, we sell out every Wednesday in the big fat black That's pussy not how cat. I say it. Oh. How do you say it? Well, you have to ask me. Jim Norton, are you a sellout? Only in the best kind of way. Mm. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Good morning, radio fans. I'm Mike Montone. Here's what happened last week on Jim and Sam. Hopefully, Human Resources has been listening. Because as one caller pointed out, our own Troy Kwan has recently fallen victim to a hostile work environment. Ben in Alabama. What's up, Ben? Hey, uh, listen, guys, I I got a problem. Um, I'm getting kind of sick of this bullshit that I'm hearing week after week of you guys shitting on Troy and and the cavalier attitude and how comfortable you are giving this man shit when he's such a threat to you and nobody acknowledges that me um, specifically or the whole room or me you specifically and that little fuck travis okay then i want you to know that, that travis talking, and i yeah. live in a society okay where we we go by societal rules where we can actually function in a way where we use the gift that God has given us, and that's our brains, our intellect, and that's how we choose to. That's how we choose to communicate. Troy has Troy skills God. that you don't have either. All right, he's got physical and sexual prowess that neither one of you possess. Troy well, he could use them, but he's choosing not to because and, he's a good guy. And, and I don't know. If, I don't know if he still has the sexual prowess oh, he not, had at a point. I'm he's, out of gas, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> the haters don't like it, but some guys pull a lot of pussy. And Phil Selman is one of those guys. Don't believe me? Then listen to this story about a nurse from Florida who totally wanted to do him. Last time I was down there, a gorgeous girl, the last night, a gorgeous girl wanted to go off with me. I, I was just ready to leave. I, couldn't, I, I had to leave. I couldn't care. I, didn't, I, had to, I, was, I was thinking about leaving, and I just didn't. It was, it was a mistake. It was How a, long ago? That's a terrible error. Yeah, it was a mistake seven or eight years ago. It was a big mistake. This girl looks gorgeous, gorgeous. She was, and it was like, she was with a guy, but she goes, we're just friends. 
And, and she guy, wanted to fuck you? She wanted to fuck me. Oh, and, I, and she looked like a stripper, but she was a nurse. She was fucking gorgeous. Oh, my God. You might have had a really a hot girl. You I could, know. I made a mistake. That's that a was, terrible that was, that, was, that was another mistake. Did you get her number? I got nothing. Oh, I, I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't beat yourself up over it. Yeah, it was, it was in the past. I'll meet some other whore that'll fucking not want to talk to me again. The way you use your words <laughs> is so... What could possibly ruin a nice morning spent watching adorable animal videos with friends? How about Travis Teff's shitty attitude? You're, are you watching videos like this now, too, Troy? Oh, yeah. I follow so many good Twitter accounts. Yeah, these are great videos, Sam. What's the matter with you? They are adorable. You, what's the, I'm, this you're like, are you doing this, too, Troy? Yeah, of course. Look at the next video. Look at the next video. I think I this is good. Of this no, yeah. Travis He's That's a total asshole. asshole. You are an asshole. on your side. No, but there's no sides. Nobody's even arguing. Hey, you start an argument when there is no argument. Like, we're all just enjoying animal videos, and you're like, oh, who's on whose side? Yeah. You're a lunatic. Look at the little pig. Look, 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 look at him running. There's conflict. I know. He loves it. Can you imagine living in his house? His poor wife. I'm running so fast. <laughs> poor wife. wife. Poor wife. Uh. Poor that's what happened last week on Jim and Sam. To catch up on all the laughter you missed out on, listen to full episodes of the Jim and Sam Show on demand in the SiriusXM app. It's time to take a break. Jim and Sam will be right back. If you missed any of today's show or want to catch up on previous shows, check out Jim and Sam using the SXM app. Jim Norton and Sam Roberts return. Oh, you guys were talking about Creed so much before. Sometimes you get in the mood. I love Pearl Jam. Me too. Is this Pearl Jam? Yep. What open? It's fine, yeah. Yeah. Rolls. First place. I don't like that part. Yeah. See, you could be a Pearl Jammer. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I'm not a big fan, though. Oh. It's because they like John Goodman. <laughs> I tell you what, I would say, you know how you know I love Jim. Sure, that tent in your pants. <laughs> Aside from the obvious physical indications, <laughs> the reason you know that to be the case is because he has not been fully blocked from my Instagram yet. Oh, why would I be blocked? Man, because you're not a contributing member of the community. Try him. I mean, it's infuriating. And you also, you're, you encourage the bad behavior of others. I honestly don't even remember. I know I did something, but I don't remember what you're because talking about. Because they think it's cute. Like, oh, Jim does it. It would be cute if I did something like that, too. I didn't say anything mean. No, it's never mean. It's annoying. <laughs> I, I came in on Friday. The wonderful people at Busted Open, Dave LaGreca and the gang, they said... They said... Hey, will you? Uh, would you like to come in? Would you like to come do the show? You know, you do it on Zoom. Whatever. I was like, no, 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 I'll come in. Like, I'm happy to. So I came in, and they were like, "Hey, Ric Flair's coming in too." I was like, "That's fucking awesome. That rules." And sit down, get to have a chat with Ric Flair. Sure. 
since it's so sick too. You didn't know he was coming in. I did not know he was. You agreed coming to do in. the show without knowing that Ric Flair was on. Yes, Travis. Yeah, I'm just wow. surprised. It was Friday. Yeah, Kevin on a Friday just to do a show. Can you yeah. imagine? No, I must. You're not even getting paid. I must really love the show. You must love it. It's a great show. It's more exposure. And but. and then Rick, I'd like to expose you. <laughs> and then Rick Flair comes in, and you know what, Rick Flair? I made my day. You know what he woo! said? Woo! No, he didn't say woo. Woo! <laughs> That's the worst woo I've ever heard. <laughs> 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 he walked in, and he goes, "Where am I?" <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> He said, Sam, good to see you again. I was like, that's awesome. That's I didn't cool. know if you knew me or not. Yeah, yeah. He's like, Sam, good to see you again. I was like, he hell said yeah. to everyone? Yeah. He said me by name, and it's not my show. What about the other guys? Was he happy to see them? He likes Dave. He's probably talking to one of them. He likes Dave. Him yeah. and Dave are buddies, yeah. Whee! Who's that guy? <laughs> that guy's... <laughs> Sorry, I just keep thinking the Nature Boys here. <laughs> because you hear the uh-huh. patented wheel. Uh-huh. I mean, it's classic. Well, you yeah. still go to arenas everywhere you go, and what do you hear? Every <laughs> time? Okay. It's like you need to get your oil changed yeah. or something. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so it was a great morning. And the uh, the trailer about the uh, movie about the Von Erichs just came out. And everybody's talking about it. So we got to talk to him about all the old school stuff, the Von Erics and Bruiser Brody. He had all kinds of stories. He was talking about your cat? No, the cat was oh. named after a professional wrestler. Oh. He started doing Harley Race impressions. It was great. Great time. No, you didn't say that. All right. And they post the picture. Everybody's like, yo, that's so lit. Troy was like texting me, that's so lit, bro. Everyone was saying that? Travis texted yeah. me, oh my I God, did. you are so lit. It was so cool. Yeah. And then I check my Instagram. And I see the phrase. I go, what could take this away from me? What could what could <laughs> remove me from cloud nine? And I didn't think anything. But I found out there was one phrase that could. Nature be in the house. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Nature be in the house. Left by Jim Norton on the Instagram post, which again means that it's going right to the top of the page because he's verified and has a ton of followers. Look at that. You got people, hot dogs on there going, bro. What about the comment underneath hot dogs? I'll let Jim read that. Wee! (laughs) Somebody wrote that. Yeah. Yeah. But above all that, it says nature be in the house. House completely capitalized. Yes. Of course, it's capitalized. Nature be in the house. What's wrong with that? Exclamation point after the capitalization as if it's yeah. necessary. Of course. I believe I replied, nature what? I, I forgot I even did. I didn't check replies. Yeah, I know. Good. I'm glad you didn't. They all supported you. You didn't reply. Oh, there you go. Oh, never accuse me again. No, I'm Dude. sorry, buddy. And then, of course, people were there to help you out. <laughs> Bring it up. Naughty by nature or something? Yeah, yeah so that's, no, that's great. <laughs> More like naughty be nature or something. <laughs> right. It's really annoying. Really, really an, an annoying. You happy with that? Nope. Not with that comment. I was not. It's just friends supporting friends. I totally forgot. Nobody says nature be. All right. well, I disagree.
Well, you. Other than you, nobody says nature. Okay. Is that how he does it? Nope. Yeah. No, of course it is not. You sure? Yeah, it's a fuller woo. It's a woo. It's not a wee-hoo. It's a woo. I would do that if I saw him. What would you do? If he came in. Uh-huh. <laughs> it would be tough to keep a straight face if you didn't do it right away. But then mid-interview, you go, do you remember... Yeah. Where you were the first time you just looked at the audience and went, Wee! <laughs> I love it. He'd probably say, Yes, I do. He'd love it. He would, he would answer in earnest, but he shouldn't. Didn't he say he's got another match in him? He did. He did. He is ready for another match. How old is he? He's in his 50s hell, at this point. Man? 50s? What's he, 72? 74? Yeah. Yeah, and he's and he's lived his life. Well, because his last match wasn't that good. No, I know, and we all know where he should have stopped. But WrestleMania twenty four. Yeah, except Probably. he loves it. It's fun. I know. He, it's fun. People so, like him. He's the fucking man. You don't know when to leave, though. He know when to left kill Tony. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, I did see that. Was he? Was, who was he mad at? Was he mad at Lewis? I don't think he no, understood the, I, the concept. I, I of the think show. that I think that he was miscast on the show. Oh. I think that he had a couple in him. He tends to get him. I've seen him when he has a couple in him. What was he doing? I didn't. I just saw the a second clip. He was a panelist on Kill Tony. Right. Fun show. Fun show. Except also, you know, you guys are killers up there. I've been up there with you. Like, if it's not your vibe, it's like, like, I just kind of sat back because it was like, I have no business being up here in this environment. But it was like, Tony, Lewis, Zach, Zach. Shane Gillis, like it was. I mean, it was one of. It was an Ari. Sure. I mean, one of the all timers, and then, I mean, I think, I think Mark Normand. I think Rick had been drinking, and he took things the wrong way. He got a little emotional. Was somebody fucking with him? No, he just thought people who <laughs> donate their time shouldn't be made fun of. I mean, that's <laughs> so. You know. <laughs> I yeah I don't I don't think he understood the spirit of the show. I think I think so, Dottie. He got like a little upset, and I think it was I think it was I think the booze. He was probably drinking a little bit. Yeah yeah yeah. What's up, man? Our guest just walked in. Jeff Ross is here. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Jeff. How's everyone doing today? Good. good How are you doing, man? This is good. I'm happy to be in New York. Happy to see everybody. I like that hoodie. Thanks. It's cool. And the last time I saw you was, I always see what weird times, you were walking between the cellar and the village underground, and you were kind of going over uh, eulogy for Gilbert. Ooh. That was the last time I saw you. You were like, yeah, wow. I, I don't think I've seen you since then. About a year and a little over a year ago. Yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah, I missed that guy. Yeah. I did a late night show last night and did sort of a tribute to him. It's been a big part of my act lately, talking about these guys, Saget, Gilbert, Norm. Yeah. It's crazy, right? It is a crazy run. Oh, there's that picture of you with them, all three of them. Oh, I'm yeah. Sure yeah. Yeah. At Jones uh, Restaurant in Hollywood. When you see pictures like that, like I'll see one once in a while, I'm like, I'm the only one alive from this picture. It's depressing, but it's also like, wow, I'm glad to be alive. The alternative is death. Yeah. And I'm the one that, there, there's the picture. Look at that. Everyone's dead, including my afro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Will Smith also passed away. I feel bad. At least in the comedy world. <laughs> Gone but not forgotten. Yeah. Bob Saget, Norm MacDonald. Gilbert. Yeah. Gilbert. I love those guys. I spoke at two of their funerals. And in my new show, 
I've been doing a tribute to those guys with pictures and videos and shouting those guys out in my in my solo show that I'm doing here at the festival next month. What is the show? It's called Take a Banana for the Ride. Something my grandfather used to say to me uh, when I was an open micer in Jersey. He was sick. I would take care of him all day. Then I'd go into New York to do uh, the open mics, and he'd give me a banana and a few dollars for the Holland Tunnel and say, take a banana for the ride. <laughs> and I held on to that. It was his way of saying, I can't go with you, but I'm going with you in spirit. Right. And the show kind of takes off from there. So it's a tribute to family and stuff like that. Yeah, well, uh, I guess so. It's a life and death kind of theme. It's not necessarily autobiographical. It's a, a communal, cathartic experience about life and death. Are you going to add Suzanne Summers to it? Suzanne Summers just made the list. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, it's not a morbid show. It's a very uh, cathartic, uplifting celebration of life. L'chaim. Who doesn't need a... Who doesn't need that right now? That's I true. I experienced loss. Jim knows this about me as a teenager. Lost my parents as a young man. So I learned early on about, you know, that we're made to mourn and move on. You can't mourn forever or part of you dies. And that's a double tragedy. So took that kind of attitude of not feeling sorry for myself and wrote it into a one-person show that I did in New York in the 90s as a young comic before all the roast stuff took off. And once the roast started hitting in the late 90s, I was like, fuck it, I'm not digging up these graves anymore. Let me just <laughs> roast Flavor Flav. It'll be a lot more fun. And it is. It was. But after losing those three buddies, I wanted to look back at uh, how I was feeling when I lost my first round of buddies. And it really helped me. And more importantly, it helping other people because the notes and messages I've been getting after the workshops have been really inspiring. How do you handle stuff? Are you, are you good with death or are you awful with it? I've learned to get good at it just by sheer experience. You know, my parents left me a superpower that you both have called a sense of humor that will get me through almost anything. One story I tell briefly in the new show is about my father dying. Cocaine, the whole thing gets pretty intense. If you want to hear a great 80s cocaine story, come to the show. And, uh, my dad, you know, recently single, my mom had just passed away, and he's out partying and having a great life and whatnot. No one's judging him, but whatever. His band leader gave him a bad whatever it was, and uh, he was gone in an aneurysm in a couple of days, and wow. everyone's coming over the house. I'm 19, my sister's 17, and uh, calling us orphans and saying, come live with us, and we're like, get the fuck out of here. We have this whole house to ourselves. We're not doing that. <laughs> and the rabbi comes in for this mourner's cottage, and everyone's in our house, and my sister and I are looking through the crowd of, of teary-eyed neighbors, and my sister starts laughing, and I start laughing, and she looks down, and I look down, and her dog during the mourner's prayer was quietly humping the rabbi's leg. <laughs> <laughs> and we thought, well, there it is. There's that super, super defense. Man. There's our Iron Dome. Did you guys end up staying in the house? We did. We stayed in it for a few years. My grandfather, my pop Jack, actually moved in from the Bronx and stayed with me. And here's when he started, you know, being my best buddy. And he became a part of my act. And I wear his ring. This is a bolt from a Nazi U-boat from World War II. Wow. That he said, when I die, take it off me and wear it. So I do. And whenever I need a little pep talk, I pound it on something. Wow. This U-boat this happens to be in Chicago. It was captured and brought back to America. The only one ever. Uh, the U.S. Navy wanted to learn how they work, so they managed to capture one and bring it all the way back to America, paint it over so it looked like an American subway in case there were spy planes. 
and it sits in a museum in Chicago. I recently found out, thanks to my pal Greg Fitzsimmons, who heard me talking about it. He said, I've seen that Nazi U-boat. So I watched a couple documentaries, and I was like, there's only one that got back to America. So I looked it up, and you can you can see the bolts kind of match it in some of the footage. And, uh, uh, yeah, Are you gonna go see grandfather. It? I'm going to go see it uh, next week. I have a show in Chicago, so I'm going to go a day early to see it. That's yeah. awesome. I'm doing this yeah. show in in comedy festivals in Chicago, St. Louis, and of course the New York Comedy Festival. Did you know yeah. your dad was like a a partier growing up, or was he a partier while you were growing up as a he kid? He was a caterer, so he was like a fun guy, right? And you know, he was always playing jokes and stuff like that. But I didn't really, I didn't really figure it out till one day he picked me up from school for a whatever they're called, like student college admissions meeting or something. And he's talking a mile a minute, and he jumped a curb. And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck's going on with this guy? So I'm like, Dad, I, I don't know. I think I should go by myself. And, uh, you know, I, that's when I started to realize, oh, this this guy's on a rage. Who's right doing, who's doing and, coke? Yeah. And he had a cerebral hemorrhage that year and a year later, and that was it. It's on my own. And did you start like thinking back, like, oh, that explains he was in a weird mood that like a year ago? And I started detectiving it a little, but honestly, yeah. it's a great question. I didn't feel anger and didn't feel a need to uncover all the ghosts. I was like, it was the eighties. He was going to work every day, making money for the first time, single for the first time in a long, long time. You know, my mom had passed away, and I was. I was like, go have fun, do your thing. I didn't understand how dangerous it was. Kind of everybody was kind of partying back then, you know, if you're, you know, an, an adult in the 80s with any kind of money. And um, it wound up being a thing where he just, you know, he fucked his life up. He fucked my, my sister and I's lives up. But it always felt like a losing attitude to feel sorry for myself or to get angry at him. So... Yeah, yeah. I just it's just something. I guess live, maybe maybe I am somewhere in there angry. I never really broke it down too much with a shrink or anything. And when I do get to that part of the show, sometimes I skip parts of it by accident. I think there's a blind spot in there for me. Mm. I'm still kind of putting it together. I ran it last night. I did a workshop at midnight last night, and I do find myself kind of stammering and stuttering through certain parts of the show, and the audience can sense that because it's not a hundred percent written and. And I remember more than I'm saying uh, sometimes. And like you're censoring yourself as you go. I don't know if I'm censoring myself or something in me censoring it, like that I don't even control. Interesting. What do you? What do you? What are you doing? Protecting him? No, it's like here's what it is, Jim. It's like these people died when I was 17 and 19, my mother and father, and I read letters in the show that I found that they wrote to each other, a love letter from college. Uh, and, and a letter that my mom wrote, you know, 20 years later, maybe, um, uh, from the hospital bed when she was sick and dying to my dad. So they all kind of were very hopeful and kind of funny. My parents were hilarious, totally hilarious. And my mom had a great laugh and big tits. So my dad, would, <laughs> he loved to make her laugh and bounce up and down. It was like a show within a show. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it was a lot of laughter through all this pain, and they both gained a lot of weight, and they would fight and stuff. So I kind of, I kind of try to navigate all the emotions I might have been feeling as a teenager, but without a feeling sappy. And you know, I, what I did was I would go up at the clubs and talk about this stuff, almost in a comedy club way. 
so that I knew I had a, a valve release, a good joke, or a, a funny thought at the end, and then I could go back and put layer in the real story, the real emotion. And I use music. I have a piano player and a violin player, and I have videos and slides that come up behind me as background. So I wanted it to be sort of immersive, where once you're in it, you know, it's like a it's like a train you can't get off. The show just kind of goes, and by the end. I bring people up on stage who might be going through their own shit or might have something to celebrate, sort of a celebration of life, uh, and, and it works. I had a lady open up the other day about having scleroderma. Another lady beat cancer. <clears throat> Last night it was just some guy's birthday. <clears throat> so I try to make it a party within a comedy show. Have you? Was there anything, like, as you've worked it out, have there been moments where you're going through stuff on stage going like, ooh, that was real? Like you feel like, oh, I haven't I haven't really dealt with that emotion yet. <laughs> I had a slip the other night, which I might just keep in the show. I was in, at the Wilbur Theater trying this out in Boston in front of 1,100 people who were not there to see a show called Take a Banana for the Ride. They were just there to see Jeff Ross live, yeah. whatever that is. Yeah. It's a Saturday night. It's packed. And I hadn't been there in a long time. And. You know how it is when you haven't been in a city in a long time. People have been waiting and waiting and waiting, and they got their T-shirts and they. Got no, their I don't drink. know what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you do. <laughs> and uh, I've seen it in person, Jim. And and I just started doing the show. Did you have the video and stuff? I didn't have the video, but I had the music. <clears throat> and I just said, let me just basically try it on them, and it'll be a little bit of a hard fit for Saturday night. I thought maybe you know because it's not you know all about sex and fun it's a right. little bit more theatrical and emotional and i got about halfway through it and i see a couple people tearing up at certain points but people are laughing and banging on their chairs and and <clears throat> it got particularly quiet after i talked about my mom passing away and i said and and, and i said that's i guess that's what and at 19 i was sitting there thinking this is what life is you think it's going to be one thing and then it's another, like when you go to a comedy show and the guy just starts talking about his dead relatives. <laughs> and that kind of gave it a release where they knew I wasn't having a nervous breakdown. Right. I was trying to help myself and also help them. Did you finish the show or did it was it one of those things where you did some and then went, went away from it? No, I, I was disciplined um, in that I really wanted to finish the show. and it, It's about an hour and 20 minutes long and it's just me up there. Uh, no openers or anything like that. And it was great. It really worked out well, so much so that I've now booked it at some other festivals, and it premieres at the New York Comedy Festival November 3rd, 4th, and 5th. And I'm nervous. I'm excited. I haven't been this uh, dug into a creative idea in a long time, so I, I feel pretty good about it. By the way, it's at the venue at, Hard, at the Hard Rock Hotel in New York City, November 3rd through the 5th. Um, yeah, so you can get tickets roastmastergeneral.com at real Jeffrey Ross on Twitter at the real Jeffrey Ross on Instagram. It is like it is always super fascinating to me when people have that experience that you just described where it's like at 15, 16 years old you're like, "Okay, this is probably what my life is going to look like." And then you get to 19 and every the whole world is now completely different. 
and free. I never looked at it as like, holy fuck, wh- why, why me? Mm-hmm. To me, it was like, oh, I can kind of don't have to make anybody proud. <laughs> yeah. Sort of, yeah. You know, going to college, you know, broke out of the family catering hall tradition, was doing Rocky Horror Picture Show and fishnet stockings in Boston and picked up a camera and was a film major. And when I came out of college, my buddy Mark Chapin from college was like, why don't you try the stand-up comedy class taught over here by the Port Authority? And I was like, all right, fuck it. He's like, maybe you'll meet chicks. Maybe you'll have a creative outlet. So it all became, I don't want to say happy accidents, but there's a silver lining everywhere. Anybody listening thinking, oh, my life sucks. Everything, I'm sitting here taking care of my parents or my sick uncle or whatever the fuck it is. You'll be proud of this time later on. And I didn't realize that at the time, but I'm old enough now to see that, uh, that it, 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 even when the shit's really dark, one thing I say in there, and you'll know this from visiting soldiers, wounded people, or any USO shows, like, if you're really down in the dumps or nervous about something, you can take your face and put a fake smile on it, and more more often than not, it'll become a real smile. Sounds corny, but it is a trick that works, and I use it if I'm entertaining you know, wounded people or talking to John Lovitz or whatever I need it for. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever makes you really suicidal. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> it works. Oh, I love John. <laughs> I've been, uh, it's funny, man. I've thought of you a few times recently, too, because I've, I've talked on the show a lot about this Kiss poster obsession I've gotten into. Do you collect anything like that? Like, I, I, I go back, to, it's like being in the 50s. I'm like, it's like being a child. He's a huge, Jeff and I went to see Kiss together. What was it, 96? It was, it was, was it that long ago? I think it was in Philly. Didn't we go to Philly? We went down to Philly, but we also saw Kiss and Aerosmith at the Garden. Right. Um, and I, I've gone since then, and I want to go again in December because this might be it. And it's like, yeah, it takes me right back to those days uh, of uh, taking the 114 bus from on Route 22 to... Port Authority to go in to see Kiss, and my first concert ever was there. My mom was in the hospital. It was the Kiss, I guess, uh, was it either Dynasty or Alive 2, you know, like 79, and and, uh, sitting in the last row with my sister and my Aunt Carol took us, and, and man... Right at the end, when rock and roll all night comes on, my aunt's like, "We got to catch the last bus home." Oh, so pulling us out during the fireworks as a little kid uh, was just brutal, and it it did all kind of come around full circle. Uh, last month, uh, Dave Chappelle asked me to host his birthday run at the Garden. Yeah. So I went and had my old combat boots resold and painted, and I was like, "I'm going to wear these fucking boots, rock star style." on stage at the garden and i did i i I would host the shows different guests every night and then uh dave would do an hour and then they would have to reset the stage for music they had like you know travis scott and justin timberlake and all these people coming up so i went around the floor of the garden with a camera and roasted people volunteers on the jumbotrons oh that's like, awesome. while they were setting up yeah while the stage was getting set up for the you know second half of the show so i made it like my own little catering hall for a week and i really had a blast <laughs> the garden the garden that's awesome there's nothing like walking in that back door with your friends and having your own dressing room back there and you know 15 18 thousand people you know being able to say i'm home and here we are and you were roasting people in the audience while they were setting up yeah yeah how was it it was great man it was like once they opt in and they're up there on the jumbotron it's like a king for a day kind of thing you could just say anything and it was really really fun 
Yeah, you do these really interesting gigs, gigs that I would, would really I would be afraid to do. Like again, on the board, all these non-comedy club gigs, these non-traditional things, which would just I would never be good at doing. Why? I just wouldn't. I would just wouldn't believe in it. I wouldn't do it. But you do these things like the police department roast, like all this weird shit that just I wouldn't think to do. Uh, it's funny because I I have a hard time just doing a, a regular show. I never had maybe the confidence in my material or my storytelling to go, oh, I'm just going to be a guy on stage. It probably would have been fine, and I probably would have done well that way, but every time I have a chance to schmaltz it up, I take it. <laughs> you know, like, oh, I got a good act, but let me. what if I did it in a maximum security jail so that I get interrupted every 15 seconds by some crazy heckler? Oh, wait, what, what was the story, too, with the guy who well, your, your act got brought up in some court proceeding yeah. for uh, a death row inmate, or is that, was it my mind fucking no. it up? It's still pending. Uh, I guess it was seven, eight years ago now. I did a Comedy Central special, which people can still watch on Paramount, I guess, uh, where I went to Brazos County Jail in Texas. Um, it was the only jail in America that agreed to let me come in. Uh, they have a lot of autonomy down there with their jails. And it's not too far from the border. Uh, the, the jail administrator down there said, okay, you can come down but you have to give me a month's notice because I want to use it to get good behavior out of the inmates. Smart. Ah, so smart. everybody had to write a little notice to why they wanted to go to the show, and I didn't ask what anybody's crimes were. I said, I just, just throw me in there, and whatever they tell me, they tell me. I went down a week early. I played basketball. I ate lunch and dinner there. I got to know the guards. I got to know most of the inmates. Oh, at the jail you were going in every day? Yeah. When you say you ate, you mean you ate like lunch and dinner like in the cafeteria, yeah. like with the inmates? Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the days, to answer your question, like, and, and you know, they were fun. I, my whole premise was like, if you can laugh at yourself, you're one step closer to freedom. And it had a very sort of, you know, country, Texas, Johnny Cash feel to it. I had a guitar and everybody's in orange jumpsuits and I kind of immersed myself so that I wouldn't feel like a total outsider. And um, it's probably smart to do that week before you go on stage because then it's not like you're just going up on stage cold. They kind of know you. Yeah, they know you. You're kind of a, you're a little bit more familiar with the environment. I shaved my af my Jufro so I wouldn't look like one of their lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one of the dudes sitting at the table one day um, was the only Asian dude in the whole jail. <clears throat> 19 years old, also like one of the youngest people I'd seen there, and he just kind of voluntarily sits down and starts talking to me, and he's surrounded by these like big old boys, like proud boy types, with swastika tattoos and shit like that, and they were all kind of like deferring to him and talking about, and I was like, what is up with this guy? And I didn't get much out of him, nor did I ask, um, but he made some joke. I, I said, what are you in for? Like, not my best moment, but I said, like, hacking a computer, which was big coming off the elections <laughs> into Trump, and uh, he laughed, and he said, ah, hacking something. Huh. And I find out later that he hacked up a beloved college professor at Texas A&M, and almost killed his wife, who was in a wheelchair, and he claimed that he just wanted to see someone die. Of course, it was very chilling, and I I, di I cut him out of the cut. I didn't want to. Yeah, I didn't want uh, Didn't want the show to take that turn. Kind of a bummer. <laughs> and uh, uh, a little time went by, and 
they used my footage at his sentencing to demonstrate that he was unremorseful, mm. which I thought wasn't fair because he was just trying to survive. He was just kind of trying to just keep up with the other guys that were there and making jokes and something like that. And Bragging that in front of the TV that, cameras. Like how much truth was in his statement right. or how much of it was just whatever that moment it was. It was just him killing killing an hour in jail. Yeah. right. And he'd already been there a year or two. Um, and he was still only like 19, 20 years old. But he was brutal, brutal guy, brutal murderer, openly confessed that he wanted to watch somebody die. Oh, he did say that? Yeah. Okay. So, uh... The Supreme Court, I guess, has agreed to take on his appeal, so we'll see what happens. So there, wait, when when he said that they said he wasn't remorseful, they used that in his sentencing to get him a, a stiffer sentence. Yeah. Uh, what was? Yeah, what, I think they. I think for the death sentence. Oh, yeah, the death. Oh, I see. Okay. It was a death, it was yeah, a death he's sentence. on death row in yeah. Texas. So he might have been life imprisonment without parole right. if it wasn't for that correct particular right. thing of zero remorse. Right. Correct. Yeah, I mean they're not going to let them probably use that. Like they used it. No, 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 meaning the Supreme Court will probably... I have a feeling the Supreme Court might not even help this guy, because he's pretty despicable. It's a tricky one. It I know. really is. I didn't want to be in the middle of it. Being a comedian is like a backstage pass to the universe. So I'm learning about Supreme Court and death penalties and solitary confinement and, 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 and just how to talk to people about incarceration it was a really eye-opening experience was anyone a dick to you in jail like was there, was there anyone that were like oh that's right this is where i am yeah a couple of the nazis really they just weren't having it and then of course i would make fun of them the most first to show <laughs> the gangbangers that i was serious yeah, i told one guy like you know the war's over but that too lasts forever man <laughs> and you know they're getting out now so it's kind of terrifying some of these guys are out so wait, you would, this is on stage. You were making fun of them, or to their face? Well, I mean, not. To, I mean, in person. Yeah, yeah it, it, on stage. Okay, and it's all on camera. You can watch the show. Yeah. Did they laugh? Yeah, they were the greatest crowd ever. It was like one of those things where you come out, you do a joke. You, I was bringing people on stage, lining them up, and roast them like I do in my live stand-up shows, and you know, you get a laugh in that environment. First of all, the murderers, unbeknownst to me, were all up front, where the where security could get to them the quickest. That makes sense. Yep. So I didn't know that at the time, and we had a security meeting, but I guess I didn't pick up on that, and I come out, I go, where are my murderers at? And three guys in the first and second row raised their hand, and you just saw, the oh. crowd saw it in my face, like, oh my God, <laughs> and, uh, you know, kind of took it from there, and then I did a, 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 a set in the women's uh, dorm also which was in an odd weird ways very humanizing and also very uh I gave I think I feel like it gave him some hope the, the the sheriff told me afterwards no one had talked to them as women in a long time they'd been talked to as inmates right <clears throat> and I'd done some training with human rights groups before I went in and they sort of taught me not to say prisoner criminal to say person who's in jail person who's incriminated and and once i got that i think i had a little bit more swag or an understanding of how to break through with jokes that's interesting because wow. they spent so much time being not referred to as a person right right that it's like wow garbage human dust that it, we that we tuck away forever yeah but the truth is like 90 percent of anybody in jail right now is coming out eventually and how could are they be in a week could be in a year yeah could be in sure. 10 years but they are our neighbors and when you start to figure that out 
you start to go, what am I going to judge these people for? <clears throat> right. At they're, some they're point, they're coming out. They're part of our society. Yeah. At some point, they're going to be contributing members of society again, or criminals again, or criminals again. So yeah, it's a it's a, a hell of a world. But wow. it was a good experience yeah. because, you know, as somebody who sold weed in high school and shit like that, I realized, like, how lucky I was. Born white, born uh, with two parents that kind of got me over the finish line, raising me just enough. Uh, <laughs> taught me a little karate so I had, you know, could take care of myself. So I felt very lucky when I was doing all that. Yeah. You still train? No. But I remember th some of the moves. The, the belt doesn't fit around my waist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I put the Jew in jujitsu. <laughs> and I also love, and I think I saw you. I was we I was going into Comedy Central with Jonathan, and I think I actually saw you right before you went down to the border. You did that thing where you roasted people on the border. On the, I think in Texas and Juarez. Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't see the actual show, but I think I saw you right before you went down. Oh, uh, you love it, Jimmy, because you know you say like you could never go. You know, out of the off the stage and out into the do some kind of different type of stunt, but I've never been that way. Like, I love the late night shows very much and SNL, but I've never been a behind the desk guy or like a regular stage guy. I like to take the comedy on an adventure or to the people. And when the administrations changed and there were all these build a wall and there was a Muslim ban and I was like what like this country was built on refugees and immigrants my ancestors are all from Eastern Europe and it kind of broke my heart a little bit especially living in California where so many immigrants are part of our world part of my friends so I got more and more curious about it and wrote kind of an act about immigration and once again, wrote a bunch of letters to a bunch of those towns down there and finally got them to agree. This little town in the, uh, in the Rio Grande Valley, the very, very tip of southern tip of America, the tip of Texas. What were you saying in the letters? Hey, I want to do a special. Or I want to do stand up on the border. How are you asking? I said, I want to do a free show for the migrant community along the border fence. Because the border fence runs right through these towns. Right. And there's bridges. Some people work on one side and live on another, or they have family on one side, and they just walk across fences with their passport every day. You know, we don't think wow. about that here. But it's very common to, you know, li live in uh, one town and walk over to the hospital and the other across the U.S. border. And it's, it's no different. It looks like the Holland Tunnel or the right. Lincoln Tunnel. And it's, I thought it was kind of beautiful. So, uh, I basically, I was set up there. I expected about a hundred people because Border Patrol at this point was really on top of that situation and intimidating a lot of people. But I made a kind of, uh, a, a truce with them. So they were around, but 500 people showed up on this random weekday night and camped out and like, you know, you know, put coolers and chairs and, I wrote a big long show about uh, about them essentially, and I sang uh, a song at the end. Uh, you know, this land is your land, but I did verses in in Mexican, all with jokes, and I would turn around and sing it to the Mexican side, and then <laughs> and, uh, I had jokes about like being lonely and. 
you know, what if I, 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 I went on Tinder and matched with a chick on the other side of the border fence and we met in the middle of the night and I entered her illegally. And <laughs> there was a lot of good jokes. I said I was El Chapo's Jewish cousin, El Chipo. <laughs> like, just trying to make some, make some light and bring some laughter to what was going on, which was a, a scary time. It always is down there, but it was particularly scary uh, the way it was going at that time. And you went into Juarez? Um, I went in, what's the other town there? I'm a little tired right now, but right next to Juarez, oh, okay. is, we had to have, you know, fixers from the cartels, and the cartels followed me around down there, and wow. uh, spent quite a bit of time on the Mexican side, then I came back over to the American side, I saw a shooting, you know, just a few feet away, two cars chasing each other, uh, you know, so it was, you know, it was, I can't say... It was, anybody's right in that situation but what i can say it's a real mess and there's a lot of violence and a lot of uh, i i i interviewed uh, a woman uh who's about to give birth who came over on a raft the cops let me uh walk around down by the water so people were coming over at certain times of night uh and just floating over i spent uh, half an hour talking to a, a young father and his six-year-old son and that's all in the show uh just sort of welcoming them america asking them what the, how they feel about being in here in other words the local cops when they pick people up coming over they'll call they'll call border patrol and say we have one at these coordinates and it could take 20 30 minutes for border patrol to get there right so they let me have that 20 30 minutes Wow. They were basically Mexican-American cops and sympathetic cops uh, who who wanted me to tell the story about what's going on down there. It's called Jeff Ross Roast the Border. And when you go into like uh, when you go into a place where you know the cartel, it has the like a, a fixture will just go and look. This guy wants to come in. He's going to be filming. Is it okay? How does that work? It worked a lot like the show I did for the Boston Cops. <laughs> there was a lot of no, uh, no, 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 no. And then you got to convince them and say that you're going to be even-handed. And then they'll say, well, why are you going to show this part? And I say, well, you want it to be to appear to be even-handed, so otherwise it's boring. And I want to shine light on what what beautiful people live here and and this part of the country and. And and I I spoke to a, a, a coyote covered his face in a mask. These guys who bring people over and you know it's a very violent job. So they 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 you know I mask their voices yeah. and faces, but I still got to know their friends and you know I hear from some of these people still all the time. And when I go down there, they show up at my shows and wow, you know, I made a lot of really good friends and fans. Your perspective must be just so nuts i mean all these like instances much change the way you look at pretty much everything because i don't i don't think most people don't interact with that amount of people in general but the fact that you've like had human interactions like that these things are not just in principle right, right? they're not just theories like you're like right. no 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 i know a guy who did right. this i know a guy who did that like it has to humanize everything I'm. I don't know if it's that I'm empathetic or that I'm. I'm not scared of certain things. Or I think sometimes I think if I had kids, or if my parents were alive, I might not be doing some of these. That's what I was going to ask you. Did you? Because I was thinking about that too when you were talking about how like there are shows that you just wouldn't want to do. Like, do you feel like when you lost your parents so young that it's almost like one well, bulletproof now? Like, like what are you going to do? What are you going to do? It reminds me of the first time. Uh, I got asked to go to Iraq. Drew Carey asked me 20 years ago last month, the early days of the Iraq occupation over there. And I was like, 
the, woke up the next day, saw the UN headquarters had just been mortared. It was really, really fucked up and terrifying. And I, I kind of agreed when I had a couple beers at the improv the night before. And then I wake up and I realize, what have I gotten myself into? And I call my sister, uh, my sister Robin, who's amazing and a, a teacher up in Washington State. And I said, what do you think about me going to do this? And this is before any of us. I didn't know anybody who'd ever gone on a USO tour. It was from a different generation. It was from the Vietnam generation, the World War II generation. We would have been the first ones to go in. And she said, well, if mommy and daddy were alive, you probably would not be going to do this. And if you had kids, you definitely would not be going to do this. And I go, okay, I'm going. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I mean, that yeah. was enough. You know, it's like, well, there's a reason that my life turned out this way, and I think this might be part of it. Yeah. Because I can go anywhere. Yeah. And I don't have to make anybody proud, and I don't have to have too many people worried about me. That's the freedom you were talking about. My hotel room got hit with a mortar explosion. I was thinking if my mom was alive, she wouldn't have been able to handle worrying about me. So. Right. In a weird way, like I said, happy accidents, these weird silver linings in life that you take something shitty and you make it turn into art. Yeah. My parents are alive and they encouraged me to go. <laughs> <laughs> we went to one. We went to Guantanamo Bay, Jimbo. That's right. 2006. Best show we ever had. I ever had. It was the best. How, you, me, and Tony Woods. Tony Woods. We, Tony Woods was in the Navy, which I don't think I realized. And watching Tony do 45 minutes on the fucking Navy... I mean, it was all material that I think was kind of specific to soldiers and that experience. He's unbelievable. I mean, just to watch this guy do 45 minutes on something that I'd never seen him do and probably have, he probably hasn't done. So he's, just, he's really the most underrated guy, I think, in the business. He's so hilarious. Yeah. I remember calling Tony, who I still see all the time. He's so funny, mostly down in D.C. And uh, I said, Tony, me and Jim Norton uh, the, the, are going down. I'd made a documentary about my first trip to Iraq called patriot act a home movie and i wanted to go down there and give it away you know because it was during the whole gitmo thing was really on fire and on the news all the time and i remember thinking well there's an actual marine base down there with a lot of people that are probably really starved for entertainment and lonely and they're sort of being pushed aside and and there's actual like families down there let's go do a show and uh, my friend Joe Amade put the whole thing together who ran the, the video company at the time. And, um, I remember calling, you were like in, you were in right away. I called Tony and, uh, I go, can you come? And here's what the deal is. And he's like, okay, I'm in. And he calls me back. He goes, can I sell merch? <laughs> I go, these guys are, are in the, in the, in the service. They're dedicating their lives. They're volunteering their freedom. You want to sell them stuff? He goes, yeah, 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 I, I want to make some extra money. I go, Tony, some of these guys lose lose arms and legs for their country. And without missing a beat, Tony goes, I got sleeveless. <laughs> <laughs> I love him so much. I remember, how did we get, we flew into Florida. Did we take a flight over there? How did we get to Cuba from Florida? Did we stop in Florida or did we stop in like Georgia, that big base? I can't remember. I don't remember either. But I do remember... Security into Gitmo was tighter than it was getting into Iraq. Yeah, mm. they and they didn't want us filming anything, and obviously uh, those those torture uh, uh, that that issue was front and center yeah. on everyone's minds at the time. Torturing inmates for information and and all those prisoners down there. So uh, it was uh, like I said, you know, I, I don't always understand everything we're doing and i don't understand every part of an issue but i do like 
that backstage pass to the world, being an eyewitness. And it gives you a little bit more swagger when you're talking about something, saying, I've been there. I've seen that. I met that person. Yeah, I forgot yeah. I went there until you just said that. I mean, I saw pictures recently <laughs> of us in front of that Gitmo sign. I, yeah. I, but like, I just if if you didn't say that, I wouldn't have remembered that while you were here. Yeah, oh, it's a very vivid memory for me. You killed. I, I, remember, I, I remember we all did way longer than we were supposed to because the crowd was so good. We were in this kind of dark, long room, and the crowd was much bigger than we anticipated. Right. And. And Guantanamo Bay was much bigger than I realized. It's like a whole community there, like a Truman Show-looking town. Not it's not it's not all prison guards and, and torture chambers. We went and got jerk chicken. That's right. I remember we got jerk chicken. I kind of wanted to see Cuba too. We, there's no access, of course, from there. But we looked over. We could see the Cuban guards far away. and yeah. stuff like that. They have like that almost that that weird demilitarized zone between yeah. the the troops and the Cubans. I kind of wanted to go in there. Have you been to Cuba? I want to go there. Not not since. Not in a long time. But you've actually been yeah. in Cuba, Cuba? Beautiful. Beautiful what, place. What'd you do there? I, my buddy got married there like 30 years ago or oh. something. It's great. Beautiful people, beautiful place. Does, yeah. this, does this make you like, when you see stuff going on, like when you see stuff, like horrific stuff that's happening, like in like Israel right now, does it make you want to go like, I want to go down and talk to some of these people and see like does it does it give you that curiosity after you start experiencing these things that other people don't get the opportunity to this one scares me it does right yeah this one scares me i don't usually get a little timid like that but this one scares me the unknown is that what it is the unknown you know yeah this one hit me a little different it's not the military right it's a whole other thing, right? It, Had you been there to that? Like, not. I mean, I've been Israel, but to that part of Israel. I haven't been to that part of Israel. I think I got pretty close. I've done a bunch of shows around those smaller areas of Israel, but I don't think I've been. I'm quite sure I haven't been to Gaza. Uh, is there any place you've tried to go really hard that you just haven't gotten into? Huh. Like, there's something you wanted to do. Like, you managed to do a jail. You managed to do police. You managed to do the border. Is there one that you were like, "Fuck, I want this," and it just couldn't happen? Not yet. That's a no? good question. No, not yet. So far, the, my, the missions I've tried, the attempt is the win, you know? And even if it doesn't... It, but so... I, I don't know. What would be a good next one? I I, like, I have no ability to conceptualize stuff like that. I, I think it's so ballsy to do it, though. Like, I just... like I see those gigs. I'm like, I would never... I wouldn't want to do that if somebody else set it up and was... And just all I had to do was perform. But the fact that you set it up and you go through all the fucking legwork and getting it done, it's just crazy to me. Like, it's just... I, I My mind doesn't work that way. I can't do it. Where's your ideal place to perform? Uh, cellar. The cellar or the fat black around the corner. I mean, I love that. I love right. Boston. But I mean, city-wise? Yeah. I, I love Boston. But I mean, um, the comedy cellar is my favorite place. Yep. So good. So that's also spoken like a true person who's at the end of their career. <laughs> the cellar. Just where, 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 yeah. where they book you me. Know, <laughs> same place I go every night. That's where I want to go. I'm trying this new room that's beautiful for the comedy festival called The Venue. Have you been there? No. I know where the Hard Rock Hotel is. It's like right around the corner, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's just a couple blocks from here, but okay. I, yeah. but uh, to I a took a tour of it uh, to see what it was like, and you know, I'm used to playing like you know brick and mortar, danky comedy clubs, and suddenly this looks like a place that Barry Manilow would perform. It's like oh, very nice. beautiful, and there's a big screen. Oh wow! So I can project my backgrounds behind. Oh, that's me. cool. So if I talk about being, you know. 
in my bedroom in the 70s, I can show a picture of it. How do you, do you have like a little uh, controller? And do you have any ability to jump around or it's got to be in order? It's got to be in order. Um, my buddy Stephen Kessler has been helping me with the visuals and uh, I'm still putting them together. But it adds a dimension of you're there kind of to it. And, you know, I like a fancy setting for a one-man show type thing. I think it'll feel very New York Comedy Festival. Yeah, yeah sure. that's nice. So you have a guy doing all the uh, the video stuff for you. Is he working off a laptop? Like, you, if you wanted to move things, you put the pictures Oh, in. yeah. Yeah, no, I skipped something last night, and he was able to adjust. I was doing, like, run-throughs last night. How yeah. do you feel doing something so personal now? Because, like, I, you know, you, you, you were the roast guy for so long, and that's about them, right? right. That's not about you right. at all. Now it's like... I'm going to go ahead and expose everything. It's a great question, Sam. In the beginning, I was not comfortable with it. I was following the uncomfortable feeling of it. I went back and I looked at a show, a similar show with the same title I did in the mid-90s as a young comic. And it was really good. I was like, no one really saw this. I did it a few times at a few festivals about my grandfather and my parents and early days of stand-up and then the roast hit that year so i just kind of left the show in the dust it's like oh, i don't want to be digging up these graves every night it's too much i didn't have the emotional stability to do it consistently and when i lost my buddies right in a row that we talked about gilbert and bob i was like well, let me go back and look at what i did back then with loss and mourning and i realized a lot of my newer material was also on the life and death tip and i was like oh wow i see a common theme happening 30 years later let me see if i can sew it all together and i started doing it and like i said i'd have these little blind spots where i'd either get uncomfortable or go for a cheap joke just to get out of talking about my parents death and stuff like that and then i had a breakthrough doing one of these run-throughs um for a small crowd unannounced and people started coming up to me afterwards telling me this made me feel this way about my family or this made me feel this way about my dog that's sick or my uncle is dying or my own health and um i realized oh okay now i have a motivation that's not about me mm -hmm. it's like the rose about them it's cathartic for them that's interesting how and much time I, do you put in between laughs like that because one man show you can have a time in between laughs do you do you let it like do you feel a pressure to get to a joke, or are you like, yeah, this was three minutes where there's no laughs and it's fine? I, I, I don't feel a pressure, but I feel, I guess the pressure builds. I like the pressure building, and the reason I like it building is that it allows me to say things I might not normally say in a regular stand-up comedy club environment, so you get a little bit, you get to peel the onion a little bit and layer the emotion and really uh, walk through what you're thinking, and and the crowds, I can see that they're listening intently on the story. And when I know, because I've been working on it, that I have a pressure valve release in the form of a joke or a, a funny part of the story, I can go even, I can almost, I, I think of it as fishing, like how far do I want to reel this out before I bring them back in? And when it's a really profound thought and I have a really good banger, laugh at the end i can go pretty far and i tried a couple out this week and and it's coming together i'm pretty fucking psyched for this show and i never i'm not a big like oh come see me come see me but this one i think is gonna move people
like I said, it's a communal, cathartic experience. It's weird too because so it is so personal. If people bombing is one thing, but what is it, what what would be considered bombing with a one man show? If you have serious, like, is it that no? Would you feel? Would it be disinterest or would it be just looking at eyes glazed? Yeah, over. like what would be considered to me? To me, it's if. Um, if it's me, 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 I, 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 when I see a one-person show, I tune out. I, 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 it's funny. It's interesting to hear someone's story, but the fascinating part for me is always what's the takeaway? What's the wisdom behind it? And, you know, with this show, the win for me is, is you know how it is. You do your show. And then everybody tells you how funny you were, and that was so fun to hear that. And I haven't seen my my husband laugh that much in a year, and we feel so good after your show. And that's why we do it. Uh, with this show, people are getting all that, plus they're talking about it in terms of their own lives and parents and grandparents and kids and dogs afterwards. So it's kind of like a, a take-home. There's a take-home to it. And that's what's really lifting me up and allowing me to go deeper and talk about things that I'm not comfortable with because I know that there's a greater good, a bigger win that's more than just me. I think it's uh, I think it's really cool that for a long time you were the roast guy. That was your thing, the roast master. You're the roast. No, I'm guy. okay with that. And I, but I feel like, and I don't know if you intended for it to happen or if it was a surprise that a whole wave of people started to know you as the bumping mics guy i feel like that the bumping mics like took on a complete life of its own mm -hmm. and that i think nowadays there's a lot of comedy fans that that's actually what they now know you from that had to feel good when it started happening to me i mean don't get me started being in bumping mics is like for me being in the ramones i mean fucking david tell no. yeah like, i can't even believe <laughs> you know i get to you know play tennis with john McEnroe, yeah. <laughs> and we pop up even when we're not touring you know if you stay up late enough downtown at the comedy cellar you'll see us we went on last month three or four nights in a row 1 30 in the morning no one knows we'll do 30 40 minutes That's and awesome it's not just fun for the crowd but i i walk out of there half an inch taller especially compared to dave and uh <laughs> it's just so much fun it's like jokes per minute it's like so punk rock and and but the real win is like, and this I think goes for Dave a little bit too, you surprise your audience. They think they know you for one thing, like you say, the rose. And then suddenly I'm on a team doing a, a different kind of comedy where we're working off each other. And and then sort of as the pandemic was opening up again, um, Dave and I talked and he was like, yeah, I can't come there and you can't come here. So we just started working on our own acts and when we get together, we'll mix them up just for fun and make each other laugh. Uh, we just did a pickup gig, uh, I, I think, in uh, in California that we owed. And we just made each other, when we haven't seen each other in a long time, we really make each other laugh on stage, especially him making me laugh. And, and I think then we kind of said, well, let's just both do solo projects while we're here, while we're doing this sort of post-pandemic touring. And now he has an amazing amazing new hour and i feel like i'm getting there too so i think when these are over we'll probably circle back and do it and again go, what festival could we do where all our friends are going to be there and and uh people are constantly encouraging us and asking us what's next for bumping mics that's one of the things too that's so 
cool about it is you can totally tell just as a as a viewer that you guys have been doing this for so long and you've found this thing that you're having fun like you're clearly fun. just having fun and it's like yeah that's why everybody anybody who's a comedian that's why they should be getting into it to begin with because it's fun i see bumping mike's parodies online and <laughs> yeah like bumping dicks these two gay guys are all, every time they get a laugh they uh hug they, they make out like they dress like us and people dress like us for halloween and and uh it's like being in a rock band it's awesome. and david tell i mean it's like I don't know. I feel like I'm in a band with Joe Walsh or something. Like he just <laughs> kicks it up when Dave joins in. It, like the whole thing kicks into another gear, and uh, I also just love him. You know, yeah, the funniest guy. Do you ever wish you had kids? I'm I'm, I'm fine not having them, but do you ever do you ever think like because uh, you're, you're a much more family oriented person than I am? That's a tricky one. Yeah, yeah, I do. You kind of wish you did, or you think you might? Both. Really? I know it sounds crazy in my fifties, but. Eh. It's still kind of out there for me. Yeah, it's something that it. comes up a lot in my thoughts and my relationships. It wouldn't, yeah. it wouldn't surprise me for someone like you because, like, you've done it all, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like, what's the next adventure? I need a funny sidekick in case <laughs> That's for when David Tell retires. <laughs> <laughs> but you have a desire. That's it. I, I just never had a desire. Why is that? I don't know. I honestly don't know. No, no real. I don't know why I don't. Just never. I don't hate them. I just eh. hmm. never has been one of those things that I wanted it's to do. It's not something I think about all the time, because if I did, I'm sure I would have a couple. Right. But it's something that, you know, it's like kids. It's kind of like the way my parents, like not having parents. Like every now and then when I'm backstage, I remember Patrice O'Neill one time, we were doing a gig and his mom came backstage. We were doing Comics Come Home in Boston. And his mom came backstage to see him. And he was in a grumpy mood, whatever it was, but she came back to see him and he just lit up. And the, the, She lit the whole room up for all of us. She was like all our mom in that moment. And I remember and telling him how funny he was and da-da-da-da-da, just, just kind of making him feel good. And I, I got jealous. I was like, man, I kind of miss that would my parents would have really loved all this they would have loved coming backstage and telling me how funny i was even if i wasn't and i feel like now it's starting to come around with the kids thing where a lot of my friends are having kids and you know my buddy uh, was telling uh, me the other day how his kids saw our teenagers now and they finally saw one of his movies and they were blown away and i was like that must be really gratifying yeah i mean everyone i know almost everyone i know has kids i mean it's just it's the age we're at, you know, except for Troy. He's like the, but the last holdout. Yeah, and Troy's not the role model no, I'm not that you want to follow. But no. when he does have a kid, he has a rattle on his chin. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I just get curious if guys in our, like, because Colin doesn't have kids. Like, I, there's very few people I know who don't. So I just wonder, is it a choice or like, no, nah, I'm still thinking about it. Well, I mean, it's never too late for guys, but it also looks kind of crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't yeah, know. I mean, I never, uh, blame people who don't yeah right i think it's an it's probably a better decision if you don't have a thing that is going like yeah this is something i want to do to just do it to do it is not a good thing a lot of people do though yeah a lot of people a lot do. of people do they just do because that's the natural order of things and all right she wants one so and when they're know. younger they do they're not yeah, ready for it right. they don't want to do it it's a bad it's a it's a bad thing and i was in a relationship suffer. and she didn't want to have them so that surprised me when some you know you think somebody's personality would be that and then they 
they don't want that at all. How long was it? Was it a new relationship or was it like long term before yeah, you it was long term? But I always kind of knew that she didn't want him. Oh, and you just kind of live with it. Yeah, I kind of live with it, which makes me think, all right, I'm not really fighting for that. Yeah. What were you hoping she'd change her mind? Yeah. 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 Sometimes people hope that the other person changes their mind. And I know I would never. Never. No. No. Zero. I've never desired anything less. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you're like maybe the most paranoid single person that I know. I could, you'd be a wreck. I couldn't (laughs) imagine if you were responsible for other lives, not just your own. You'd be you'd be a total wreck. I mean, who knows? Maybe it would change you, and you wouldn't be like that. But if you remained in the state that you're in, yeah, you'd be a wreck. Everyone, everyone says it's amazing. Like people who have it, it's I know best. it's something that I don't understand because I haven't done it, so I can't. I know my perspective on it is shit. I just I'm always curious about other people's. Why is it shit? Meaning, my knowing what it's like to have a kid, I have no perspective. So like people say it's the greatest joy, and I'm like, to me, I'm like, ugh. But they all say it but like i don't have any idea what it's like to be able to just do whatever i want for as long as you guys have been able to do it that's also a different perspective right i guess like it's like i can sit here and be like no it's the greatest thing in the world and you're like actually you know it's really great not doing that right you know go to the snl after party till 7 a.m <laughs> right that's awesome I'm like, right. yeah but you have a kid you've got to go home at 2 a.m I'm- yeah yeah yeah, I know the freedom thing is intense, but I'm also like, I've done it all. So, right. You know, like, I'm kind of like, what's next? The other part about it is this kind of like circles back to the early part of the conversation, which is, I guess I was always afraid to manifest something like that because things that I've loved that much have either disappointed me or died suddenly. So I go, uh, yeah. let me just take it day by day and maybe not. Don't put, push, any, don't put too much stock into anything. Right. Because it's going to go away. Yeah. That's a good point. I didn't think of that. Because you're, you're, you're family oriented, which is why I thought of it. Like, Troy doesn't strike me as that type of person. <laughs> I'm not that type. I had a miserable childhood. So I don't, I don't want to bring anybody into this world to deal with what I dealt with. <laughs> fair, fair, uh, fair by the way that that he should be your show announcer and that's, <laughs> oh troy i i do love that perspective though because you do like socially everybody goes like oh you should have kids and you just be like no i had a miserable childhood and i would never do that to anybody that doesn't mean your kids okay. have to. no but the people that i see that have kids have had good childhoods and they they want to be have a fun life now yeah but you could bring somebody into your fun life. Ah, fuck that. <laughs> I'm good. Just ride it out to the end by myself. Do you not want to lose freedom? I also don't want to lose the freedom to do whatever I want. Like you said, I'm not that I do anything great, but I mean, I just I like to be able to do what I want and never have to think of it. I mean, a lot of my friends with kids do whatever they basically do whatever they want if they have some means. You know? Yeah, I've never felt like I didn't okay. have freedom. Yeah, but so- also, you know, I also would never feel like my kids were a hindrance because you want to take care of them. You want to How many do you have? We have two. And they're great. It's the best. But also like I've I do this, hang out with you guys, get to go to wrestling shows, get to do, you know, I mean I still live the same life with that as well. Yeah, I guess so. I just just curious. I just loved it. It's a lot of responsibility. Yes. Which right. right now we don't have a lot of responsibility beyond our careers and yeah. our family. Pay and, bills, get it done. Right. Some more bills. 
There's a lot of responsibility because you're paying for some, like you're providing somebody, and you have to guide somebody. You life. have to, you're, yes. you're, 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 you're like the guide for their life. Yes. you'd be good at that. Uh, you know, know what airline to fly? That is true. <laughs> no, fine. Uh, take the window. You can look at the wing and turbulence. Dad's talking yeah. about airplanes again. I don't know. He's, Dad's talking about turbulence and uh, planes. We don't even fly uh, anywhere. I don't yeah. know why he keeps bringing this. I'd out. be a neurotic. Fucking, I'd make somebody neurotic. <laughs> Not on purpose. I just I think. you'd have a little ball jersey ball buster <laughs> would be the best. <laughs> little blinking creep. Yeah. I tell you what though, you'd never let your kids hang out at their friend's house without supervision. Certainly wouldn't let them go, yeah, we're just gonna go play under the porch. No, 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 yeah, no, no. I know what happens. You, you learn from certain I know things. what happens. Yeah. No, no. Good luck with this show, man. That's really uh, I just I admire these gigs you do a lot. I it think means so much, awesome. buddy. You've yeah. always been on my team and I appreciate it. Yeah, that. yeah. I just think that they're hard. They're hard gigs. They're yeah. uh, what, like one man shows? One, but or? just the collection of gigs he's done. The the collection of creative endeavors. Whether, whether it's you know, kind of bringing these roasts to Comedy Central or Bobby the Mike's gigs we and, talked about. Yeah. yeah, I forgot about Bumpy Mike's too. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, another thing. Somebody you, brought up Vital Bumping Mike's album to, for me to sign the other day. And I thought this is so oh, badass. That's awesome. Man, it made me so happy. I felt like I'm in a band. Wait, there's an album. There's a double album that that they put out at some point. It looks really good. Bumping Mike's. How many did you guys do on Netflix? Three episodes, and then we were about to do three more when the pandemic hit, and then we just put it all on hold. Would they still do them? Probably somebody would do them. But it's so cool that it feels like a band, but also fans treat it almost like a band. You know what I mean? Where they'll get the vinyl, where they'll watch the episodes. Where they, if you guys were just going on tour as bumping mics, people would follow you. It's yeah. it's such a cool thing. We would play. We do, but we both do really well on our own. But when we come together, we play much bigger venues and casinos and. You know, but Dave's a creature of habit. He likes to go to Helium and bring his four openers and make a little party for himself. And, you know, so... He likes clubs. Dave likes clubs. Like, he sells out. He can easily do theaters whenever he wants. Sure. But he he just he loves to be a club comic and he sells out and he murders. But I've talked to him many times and he's just like, yeah, I love the clubs. He just Plus, loves them. you don't have to fly every day when you're doing theaters. You got to move every day. That's true. Oh, he yeah. likes to move in, a, you know, whatever club it is, whatever city, for three or four days, set up camp essentially, and 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 invite his buddies to do the shows with him. Yeah, I guess so. I didn't think of that. You do have to travel when you're doing different. Uh, yeah different gigs or is that that's a, that's the annoying part it's not right. fun it's a little bit more get up and go every day yeah i mean it goes back to you know what we were saying it's supposed to be fun dave's notorious we always have a big dinner after our shows and he always you know we he always orders a bunch of crazy amount of appetizers and then when they come he's outside smoking the whole time <laughs> and then he, he I comes very back rarely, and he eats cold onion rings i've very rarely seen him eat a meal Oh. In all the years I've known him, I have not seen him. I've been on the road with him too. We just, I've not seen him eat oh, many he can meals. Fuck up a hamburger, buddy. He's he's a late night. He eats like one meal a day, oh. like, and uh, he's he, he's he loves food. He just he doesn't eat till after the show. Oh, maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Sometimes you realize you know people a long time, and you're like, I've never done that with this person. Yeah, but you wouldn't want to go out for burgers in the middle of the night anymore. You're trying to keep yourself slim. Yeah, I know, but still, I have to watch him. You would, yeah, sure. He's yeah. very generous. He always wants to pick up the check for all the comics, and he's great. He's great with uh, wounded people too. Like you talk about wounded people, I did 
I, w- I was doing gigs with him and, and I think Bill and Brewer at one point we went to the Pentagon and we uh-huh. saw like all these wounded warriors and it's awkward because you don't know what to say and Dave was just fucking great like he just went in and started joking and let me see your scar like people were just he made people comfortable <laughs> what happened to you like you know, shit like that but he, he talked to people like people and he just made them comfortable yeah he's the greatest he's That's the awesome. great he's also doing a show for the festival so go see Dave after you see me when is your show again it's uh November 3rd 4th and 5th yeah it's at the venue at the Hard Rock Hotel here in New York City uh Jeff's website is roastmastergeneral.com at real Jeffrey Ross on Twitter at the real Jeffrey Ross uh on Instagram and yeah we were just looking at the venue the venue's great. I'm sure it's going to kill. It's going to be. It's, it's called it's, Take a Banana for the Ride. Yes. Yeah, I might come one night. I would love that, Jimbo. I might come one night. Yeah, mean a lot. Yeah, yeah, be great. I have to. I'm going to piss my. I have to piss for 45 minutes. Okay. Well, you We're go done piss. Anyway. Yeah, it's always good to see you, Jeff. Yes, really good seeing same, you, man. Same, buddy. Yeah, it's man. A treat coming in, man. Really treat coming in. Always, man. I love that you guys are here, and thank you for what you do for the comics. Of right. course. And uh, yeah, I'm sure I'll see you uh, the fourth or the sixth. Or in the bathroom in two minutes. In two minutes, yeah. (laughs) Go take a leak, and we'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye. Bye. This has been Jim Norton and Sam Roberts. Listen whenever you want with the SiriusXM app. Free for most subscribers. Download it today and start listening outside the car.